On this episode of the Star Wars Time Show, the two bozos talk about a new wave of ESB-inspired Funko Pops, as well as a new 1-6 scale figure from Mando. They also delve into Star Wars Resistance's final episodes and an adorable shot of the maker chilling with Baby Yoda. They also delve into a rumor about castings for the second season of The Mandalorian, as well as speculating on a story about Taika Waititi directing a Star Wars movie. Speaking of Star Wars movies, these bums also discuss leaked concept art from the Tross art book before finishing their summary of the Duel of the Fates script leak. Of course, the show ends with a conversation on the past week's greatest Star Wars fan art creations, so go ahead and cue that music. everybody welcome back to a brand new episode of the star wars time show it's matt and nick and r.i.p pete the cat how some of you probably don't remember pete the cat but he's been gone for about three months now he was a in a, a yeah he's one of the initial members of the star wars time podcast mascot. he was our mascot i know even when it was just on the eb network so r.i.p pete i had kind of a I don't know what i don't know what you would call this nick but sunday night for the first time since pete has disappeared as in became one with the force. One, yeah, yeah. I watched a little video I made the day he died, right? Oh, that's like, yeah. And Jesus Christ, man. I, I didn't know that I had the the ability to showcase the level of emotion that, that I showcased for probably almost 20 minutes straight watching this video. I mean, you would have thought my wife just died right in front of me. I mean, I was like, ugh almost sobbing and then i'd be laughing or yelling out like pee yeah you know just yeah I don't know, it, it was it was it's, weird but dude, man that's what pets can do to you i mean i have three i have two cats and a, and a puppy and like me and my girlfriend always say like we're gonna be just balls it's, of dude, fucking human emotion when when one of these it's, animals dies. it's so it was so intense the day i had to do it and and just just even watching the video i mean it, in the end i i I almost felt refreshed emotionally to like uh, exercise all that shit out of my system for yeah. a few minutes. That's the only time I've ever seen my dad cry is when we had to put down our family yeah, this dog. Fucking, this fucking pets, dude. But like I was going to say, it's it's almost so awful when you do have to put them down that I don't know if it's all the positive memories are worth it. But I'm that type of person, right, Nick? I'm always glass you half are empty. Kind of, yeah, you so. are kind of a glass half empty kind of person. I mean... But it, oh, I mean, like the amount of years that you had with Pete. I mean, he was 18. an old man. I, I mean, eighteen years. I basically had him when I was still a fucking kid. I mean, I got him before I graduated college, way back in the early two thousands. He moved to Texas with me, then to Detroit, then back to Columbus. So yeah, you know, he he was around for about half half my life, or yeah. not quite there, because I'm old as fuck. But anyways, we're not here to get all depressed and talk about dying animals, <laughs> right? That's not the purpose of the Star Wars Time Show, the purpose of the Star Wars Time Show, of course, is to fill in all you Star Wars fans on the things you need to know about that galaxy that is so far, far away. So as you heard, we got plenty of topics as usual, and if we didn't, we'd still have a bunch of shit to talk about. I mean, last week, I think we had another record-breaking show in terms of length, Indeed and we had we did. 
all sorts sorts of random tangents, and I love that shit. I love when Nick and I just kind of go off script and talk about some weird shit like dying cats. <laughs> it happened right off the bat this time. But, Nick, let's go ahead and get into some of this Star Wars news and rumors and speculations, and, of course, we'll end with our top five. But up first, as we usually like to do at the top of the show... If they're new Star Wars collectibles coming out, we're going to talk about them. We're going to let you know if they're dumb or if you should waste all of your hard-earned money to procure them. So up first, we got a new wave of Funko Pops based on characters from The Empire Strikes Back. And dude, I know I've been telling you, I've been speaking it out mm-hmm. there to the, the toy community on Instagram. I mean, I've been trying to give up and just stop caring about Funko Pops for quite some time. I have not purchased a new one in months. Yep. Uh, I didn't get any for the Rise of Skywalker. So I'm feeling like, okay, I think I've finally cleansed myself of this Funko Pop addiction. But now they, they're starting to re- release some of these new waves from some of the original trilogy. I forget there's another one, me and the intern were talking about. I believe it was from Mando. And they just get better and better. And these, these Empire Strikes Back wave, man, there are some gems in here, Dude. starting with Meditation Chamber Vader. I mean, that one was the one that I was going to call out in particular. I'm like, look, if there's, a, if there's one in this line that I'm picking up, I mean, there's one of two. Meditation Chamber Vader is, is top of that list because you get the Meditation Chamber closing, but you also get little fucking chibi vader's head there know, just poking his little beady eyes out i mean it's such a cool design i <laughs> it like really it really is and that's what i mean like the, the sculpts have just gotten better and better over the years yeah i have my issues with the fucking bases and you can see they all have one uh but man that one the the luke with yoda on dagobah and in, in, yep. in training sack i mean come on yeah, that one's nice. You got the you got the Han on Tauntaun. I assume that is that here. that's that's Luke because they did okay. a Han on Tauntaun a few years ago. Oh yeah, so I can see the Luke, blonde hair. I think <laughs> the one I'm going to have to get, and it won't be for me. It's going to be for my daughter, and that's going to be the Han and Carbonite. Because to this day, this fucking kid is still <laughs> obsessed with Han and Carbon, as she calls them. I mean, oh. Tonight in the Cloud City Lego set, she was there again. She had her little party where they all lined the rim of the carbon freezing chamber, and she's sitting there. I forget who was getting dunked today. I think it was Luke. <laughs> she's like, oh, carbon, uh, and then she like flies away <laughs> with the slave one. So I know she'll appreciate the Han and carbon, but oh, yeah. for all you Star Wars fans, these are now up for pre-order. We've got a link for you right on StarWarsTime.net. Nick will have that linked in the postcast shell for Indeed. this episode so look i am still obsessed with han and carbonite and if i'm you know ever rich enough to to buy a full-size one of those and you just do make it? it a table i would do it i would have my coffee table be han and carbonite yeah you That's are i mean you, you're i don't you're never gonna do the toys but you're definitely into the the props and accessories yeah. uh, genre of collecting i'd say that is 100 percent accurate i mean like i may so as has been chronicled in bits and pieces throughout the podcast for the last year or so my house is being built it's still not finished yet maybe, maybe. Once at it, this point it's a rumor i think yeah i mean at this point i think that they just <laughs> sold us a, a plot of land and right. there's never going to be anything on it yeah, so. they're like yeah nick we got you thanks for that money pal we'll see you later and they've moved back to mexico yeah they never see him again but once i get in there i'll have a a, a room that is kind of dedicated to 
you know, my my podcast studio slash game room slash yeah, because you you, room. you don't have basements down there, right? So you, no. you can't get a basement in this thing. No, 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 indeed. I will be on the second floor of the house, but go. I can turn that into like a you know a a chamber of Star Wars awesomeness, kind of like Matt has at at uh, Star Wars Time HQ. And you know, then that, I might that's start. That's what buying. we call it. A lot of people just call it a bunch of clutter, crap, shit, <laughs> toys, waste of money. I might, I might start, start getting my own piles of shit. You know, maybe get some helmets because that's one thing that I said that I'd be interested in. Maybe get. Yeah, some that, of the that's what I mean. I mean, you're definitely more of the the prop accessory type of guy. I mean, Nick's going to be the one twenty years from now. He's going to be bidding on, you know, Ray's bow staff at some auction for $50,000. Could be me. It could be me. I mean, I need to have that to, to complete the weapon set. From you know what you are going to need, trilogy. and I'm surprised they haven't done one yet, but a Ray, a true Ray lightsaber like hers from the oh, Trust. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, lightsaber collecting is one of the things that I want to get into, but it's an expensive habit. Like... Yeah, you know. it's just as it's like buying these as you know, segueing into our next new toy. It's yeah. pretty much the same as buying a Star Wars hot toy one six scale figure at two hundred yes. plus, sometimes exactly. four hundred, depending on accessories and other packing items. But yeah, I know it, it gets there. Oh yeah, so I mean, this guy here, this this incinerator stormtrooper that I'm gonna just call right now the Sir Dork special because I mean, if there's ever a, a trooper that has been made. For for Jared himself, well, did this you is see? The one. Speaking of Sir Dork and the Incinerator Trooper, and I know I featured it. I don't know if your top five Godfingers selected it, but Jared actually made a custom one twelve scale Incinerator Trooper. Oh man, uh, so, I don't so, like think painted it... up a just a regular Stormtrooper, and then of course he did his thing with his you know propane tank and napalm. <laughs> uh, but then our buddy Greg, Star Wars Black Series, uh, yes, he. He modeled off of Jared shit because, like I always say, Sir Dork always will put out videos when he either does a a special shoot or he makes a custom figure. So Sir Dork puts that out, drops it. Greg watches it, gets inspired, makes his own. Now he's producing his own shots. So it's like there really is this big uh, symbiotic circle here in the toy photography community. I yeah, I mean this shot, but both of them. I mean. Neither one of these made the top five, spoiler alerts. But, I mean, both of the shots, the shot well, from... as Greg would probably say, yeah, no shit. Nick fucking hates Look, their guts. Look, Greg <laughs> needs to remember that he has made a top five before. This know, is I not know. something I just, we... I, I'm seeing it now. I see, I get my DMs. I'm sure you get your DMs. <laughs> I see him on Facebook. I mean, Greg gets us from all angles. That's oh, why yeah. we love him. We love this. This is, look, the top five is a prestigious award to be given each week. And I as mean, I tell Greg, though, would you... Is the top five more important or essentially being a character on the Star Wars time yeah, show? Is that more important? Because at this point, Greg, I mean, he gets brought up on the show every time. I know. I'm, it's, I'm a it's... huge fan of Howard Stern. I'll never be Howard Stern. I would love if our show was more like Howard Stern, but we're two loser idiots. But it's the same idea. We're going to try, you know, you guys interact with us. We will bring you onto the show and create characters and tell stories and, and get other people interested in you. So, Greg, <laughs> I, I feel you on the top five, buddy. But trust me, no one gets more mentions on the show than Star Wars Black Series 2019. Not a shill either. 
Right. I mean, not a shill for us, not shilling for anybody else. And I don't shill for the top five. I pick them how I yeah, see them. He, he just got, I mean, I, I'm not, it, it's got to be a hard job because, again, you guys are, are tagging us left and right, which is fantastic. So every day, it takes me almost an hour just to look at all the new tags and be like, oh, shit, that one's great. That one's awesome. Fuck, that one's great. Oh, no. So I can't imagine what it's like for Nick on a Monday or whatever to scroll through at this point, probably close to a hundred shots. Oh yeah. I and, mean, I have to pick five. So, I mean, I put that in the, in the posts for this week's top five. I said that this was th- this week in particular was so strong that I probably could have made a top 10, 15 easily. And he'll start doing that when he sets up a Patreon, you guys pay him. Yeah. Yeah. Once we paywall all of our content, well, then let's I'll... be like any other small <laughs> yeah. podcast that starts out and just start fucking paywalling <laughs> it all to make it seem like we're more important so yeah if you want to get in the top five fucking send nick some money yeah. anybody i'm putting that out there right now he's gonna have a patreon up on his instagram at that nick c dollars <laughs> but yeah uh, but anyways trooper yeah back to the incinerator trooper uh we have a hot toys version now one six scale retailing for 228 and it looks like he's going to be coming out at the end of this year probably right around the return of the mandalorian for its second season and uh, we got these details from our buddies over at Exclude Collective. Check them out. They've got more images you can look at for Mr. Incinerator. But you can pre-order him now from Sideshow if you're into the Barbies. Dude, it just looks so sick because that looks like it's like real nylon straps oh, it, it on is. the backpack. Yeah, I they mean, are. Like, don't worry. It's just, I mean, oh, wow. There's a reason these things are <laughs> $200-plus, buddy. I mean, they don't fuck around. I mean, there's... I at least feel when I buy one of these that, yes, it's ridiculous, but I feel like it's worth $220. Yeah, you're getting the quality for the money that you're paying. Let's be real. It's like a little fucking posable sculpture. I mean, in the end, it's a fucking moving statue. Yeah, I mean, the first time that I really appreciated the the level of detail that are put into figures like this is when that Mythos Obi-Wan was Oh, he's one of my favorite, yep. Yeah, yep. and it's just like you see something like that, and not only is it the creativity that is required to make that that's that figure itself, but also with Mythos Obi Wan in particular, the creativity that was required to basically blend two human beings together to create a version of Obi Wan Kenobi that we'd never seen before. I mean, that's the type of work that goes into figure making on the highest level, like you get at Hot Toys or you know fucking crazy shit like this it's just next level so yeah damn skippy so he's out there so far i only have din pre-ordered for hot toy scale i haven't pulled the trigger on the heavy yet i pass on the remnant trooper the scout trooper is probably going to pass on this guy i don't have a one six trooper yet though I guess if I got one, this would hmm. be the one. This one is, dude. Like it's a fucking slick paint scheme. Not gonna lie, I like I was, how yeah. he's got like that red. It's almost like a a girl with red stuff sat on his helmet. Right? <laughs> kind of, yeah. That is a very like the top that that would be like her taint or grundle area, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm a yeah. weirdo. That's why people. Do, that's why they don't let me out of Star Wars Time HQ, people. Yeah, Matt stays <laughs> locked in the basement. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not socially acceptable anywhere I go. <laughs> All right, so those are out there. Pre-order them if you want them. Funko Pops, Hot Toys, right? Who cares? Who needs to go to college? Who needs to pay for medical bills when they're Star Wars? Wars, Star Wars, 
Sarashi, I sound like the, the Swedish chef from the Muppets yeah. or something. Yeah. When there's Star Wars collectibles to buy, right? I mean, who needs to worry about real-life obligations? All right, dude. So, Star Wars <laughs> Resistance. This is Matt's solo segment for the time being because... Pretty much. Nick, Nick, Nick has is... given up on the show. He's joined the fandom menace. <laughs> he hates anything Disney puts out and thinks it's a bunch of shit. It's... And he's like, dude, you shill this nonsense now. I can no longer do it. It's but, it's hard for me to sit through it knowing how much Matt has sold away his soul know, to Disney for this. <laughs> it's like I've sold it so hard that I've had to hire an agent. I'm getting so many calls from Bob Iger to bring me on board to do something Disney Star Wars. I know. He's just trying to negotiate yeah. my end of the deal. He's we like, come as a package deal. You sucked my balls so hard on your little podcast that <laughs> we want you to suck them full time in the flesh right here at Disney HQ. So There it is. But seriously, though, Resistance, it's almost over, man. We, I, I believe this weekend coming up, it's going to be the final two episodes. It's going to be an hour series finale. And episode 17 really kind of pushed us towards this climax. So uh, real, real briefly, I'm just going to go through some of the Easter eggs in here. We got a couple good ones. Good thing I didn't write them down in this version of the post. So I'm going to have to pull up my notes real quick. Uh, which I already have right here because I got my shit together. So Dantooine, one of them. Yeah, da- you know, Dantooine was a huge one, Nick, and they actually, you could see, I, this one I cheated on, I'm not going to lie. Not going to lie. A lot of times I don't cheat on these, but this one I cheated only because I went on Star Wars Leaks on Reddit before I started writing shit up. But as Nick said, Dantooine is, is featured in this episode because some Resistance cadets were training there, and then the... You know, Vanessa and Kaz and the Aces, they need to escort them off. But anyways, as they're leaving, dude, you can see the motherfucking Jedi Enclave from KOTOR. From oh, Dantooine. shit. It's the okay. same building. Like yeah, it, it, yeah. I mean, it's almost built like the... What was... The, shit. What was the name of the Shield HQ? The Triscalian oh. or something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, the Triscalian. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Whatever. It, it, it's kind of like that, yes. right? I mean, it's it's got it's like an oval, but then there's three large structures that form mm-hmm. kind of a diamond slash triangle shape. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. you can see that when they're leaving, which I thought was just fucking fantastic. You got this cartoon set thousands of years after in a video game, nonetheless. They're featuring a prominent location. I mean, it, yeah, that is a main location from that game. Yeah, if you played KOTOR at all, you spend a lot of time on Dantooine just kind of going back and That's, forth. Isn't and that the first the major masters. planet you go to once you're done with the opening? Yeah, I think after you leave Terrace. Because so. you go there after you hook up with Bastilla and then you have a discussion with the Jedi Masters about finding the star maps and all this other stuff. Like, you know. Right. So, yeah. I, I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, we got a character from the very first episode came back. He's now joined the Resistance, but Hugh, who was Kaz's wingman, wingman in the New Republic Navy, has now joined the Resistance. So, that was kind of a nice full circle tie. Uh, nice. Vanessa uses the spark line that was <laughs> so famous or infamous from TLJ. Uh, who said it first? Was it Purple it was, Lady? Yeah. yeah so Holdo, Holdo and said then, it first. And then Poe runs and, with it. Yeah, Poe po kind of takes it back towards the end after Holdo, you know, Holdo's herself at the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa Dosa, so she makes a return, and she's running a, a resistance squadron of X-Wing. And the name of her squadron, Nick... Take this 
as you will, but it was mm-hmm. Jade Squadron. Ooh, what does that make you think about? Ooh, what is that? Is that a tease to, a, to a potential EU character, old EU? I, that's how I took it. I mean, yeah, it could just be the you color, got, but... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, a nod. It's a nod for it sure. It had to. It has to be. So that was in there. This one was a stretch, but fuck it. Uh, one of the cadet freighters or transport ships, its call sign was Echo 2. Okay. Never really Echo had an base. Echo 2 in Star Wars, but we had Echo Base. So. Yes, exactly. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, I take it. That is a, that's a reference. That's a I reference. thought so. I mean, when I, you know, I, I've explained it before. When I'm watching these things, it's not even conscious sometimes. It's almost subconscious where my ears will perk up or my eyes will tell my brain, like, yeah, that's probably something familiar. Go Dude, ahead that is that the down. force. That's the force speaking through you. And so at one point in time, I thought homeboy that goes out to look for Han and Luke, I thought his call sign was Echo 2, but he says he's the one saying Echo Base. Yeah, he's like, Echo Base, I found them. Echo Base, I found them, yeah. And Mm -hmm. I don't know if he was a Rogue 2 or something like that, but... He was Rogue 2, yeah. Oh, there you go. So I basically meshed Rogue 2 and Echo Base and the Echo 2 and thought that that meant something, and here we go. Bingo, bango. It it made the list, but those were your... Eggs and references. Obviously, the KOTOR one was probably the biggest uh, episode overall, though. It, I mean, it was fantastic. It, you, Tam has a clear moment of clarity where she's like, oh, fuck, what have I been doing? Which you and I have kind of speculated would eventually happen. Uh, at this point, the Colossus has fully joined the Resistance. Doza pledges the, the ship, his forces, the aces to the resistance by the end of this episode. And once again, I'm pretty sure it establishes that we are beyond the events of TLJ. Yeah. That we are Um, into, you know, pre Tross era now. Oh yeah. So at this point, Colossus fully in the resistance, ready to take on the first order, at least their faction of it. And Tam at this point has been promoted all the way. She's essentially taking over for the Lieutenant that we met early in the season. Cause she gets wasted in this episode we're talking about. So Tam gets promoted. She's the lead now. But like I said, this mission in this episode that they go on, she essentially sees Ruckland down an unarmed troop transport, and that's enough for her. Okay, yeah, I was going to ask, like, because I know the, the, the Ruckland storyline, when I was still able to watch it, like they were, they were basically competing against each other. So there had to be like, a moment between Rucklin and Tam. Yeah, she's when still, Tam I mean, she promoted. is still the clear favorite in the eyes of First Order Command. You know, I think Tierney ultimately has some hidden plan for her if Tierney's not a double agent. I don't know yeah. yet. Uh, but the rest clearly favor Tam. They, they, they see her skills as a pilot. But she doesn't have the First Order mentality. She's not a fucking killer. She's not a bozo, but Rucklin is. And and he essentially, as she takes over to Squadron, is like, all right, we're getting our asses kicked. We've lost three quarters of our forces to the Resistance. We need to get out of here. And Rucklin's like, no, fuck it. I'm going to shoot down one of these unarmed transports. And he blows them up and kills them. And that's where Tam's like, what am I doing? She, like, mouths that to herself. Wow. Okay. I think everything's kind of in place for the finale to be uh, pretty special, have uh, maybe an emotional moment or two. I still don't know if Tam's going to have to fully sacrifice herself, but as I predicted at the end of season one, it's definitely coming to that point. It just depends if she's going to perish for them 
or make the turn quick enough that she can join forces and fight with them to win the day. Yeah, it's it'll, it'll be interesting. I mean, I I, th- I told Matt this offline, off air before we started, but I just picked up the Resistance Reborn book that takes place between TLJ and Tross. And I'm sure there are people out there listening who have read it already. Don't fucking spoil it for me. But I think it would be pretty cool if they do tie in some sort of resistance, Star Wars resistance TV show characters, maybe even just a passing reference in that book, considering that it it looks like this group of characters is playing a pretty significant, you know, yeah, I mean, depending on who makes it out of next or the finale, which is we'll be talking about next week, you would have to assume every one of them fought at the Battle of Exegol. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would imagine whoever's alive. You'd have to think the Colossus is there if it doesn't get blown up. You'd have to think Venice is there, Kaz is there, Tam if she comes back over, Yeager, Aces, uh, the Aces, Hype. Yeah. I mean, Griff, all of them. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. We'll we'll see where it ends up, but uh, you know, I'm a little sad to see the show go away. But we are getting the Clone Wars coming and. You would have to think at this point, Nick, they've got other animated programs in the can. They're just waiting to announce them because they're not going to let animated Star Wars just disappear for months and months and months at a time. There's no way. 100%. Uh, I mean, we got that leak a couple of weeks ago about the potential of a Star Wars Rebels proper. Right, hitting this fall already. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that they, you know, Obviously, Filoni is working, working on the Mando, but I think that he's also got his hands in some other projects as well. So interested to see what comes out of animated Star Wars post Clone Wars revival for sure. Yeah, so I don't know. It's been a good show this season. Definitely a little rocky in the middle, but the past four whatever has been rather excellent. And I really think this finale is going to be pretty, pretty damn good, but we'll never know. Keep those browsers tuned to StarWarsTime.net to find out. 100%. Okay, so... Uh, <coughs> goddamn sickness. <coughs> Matt has me. had a plague for a couple of I can't of get weeks rid of now. it. <laughs> it's probably my little AIDS baby going to daycare still and coming home. Last oh, week yeah. she came home with walking pneumonia. Oh, oh <laughs> man. So maybe, maybe that's what I got that. right now, but... Either way, speaking of babies. Speaking of babies. We had a... Um, a Mando set pick that kind of went viral, at least in the in the Star Wars community. <laughs> what was this end of last week or over the weekend, maybe? Yeah, yeah, it was towards the end of last week. So this was <laughs> dropped. Actually, it was dropped four days ago on the seventeenth by none other than Mr. John Favreau himself. Right. It was a horrible fucking picture. Like it uh, is. I want to take John and be like, dude, were you running when you tried <laughs> to take this, or what? Or, or do you have the shakes? Did you have too yeah, much it's coffee? Like, was, was he jumping up and down when you yeah. took the picture? <laughs> There's not a goddamn image in focus in this picture, by the way. But it, are, it almost has a million likes on John's Instagram, and that's because it's a picture of the maker holding the Baby Yoda animatronic and. Obviously, there's a reason Star Wars fans in general kind of took this thing and ran with it, right? Oh, yeah. it's it, You know, George Lucas <laughs> is is the maker. He's the creator. And this is really the first time that you've seen him accept a, a piece of Disney Star Wars that's that's been released. I mean, everything since, you know, TFA's come out, he's kind of distanced himself from. We know that he was on the set of, of Solo. But this is the first time where he's like, oh, my God, you know, this baby Yoda thing. He's he's into it. And it's just like the cutest thing ever. It looks like like 
Papa Lucas holding his little baby. Like, he's literally holding <coughs> well, it that's like right, a baby. Well, like, you know, Baby Yoda meets his grandfather. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's it's a perfect little picture here. And just the way... It, it's funny, too, because, like, George is looking at it like he would look at a real baby. Like, see, his facial expression... I always... Is, whenever I see George, I know this burns some people, I just always think of what type of hateful thing he has in his head right now. I know, he's like... So I see him looking at this like, why didn't I fucking think of this? You fuck, damn it, George, you fucking idiot. You went with Jar Jar instead of a fucking baby Yoda, you dumb fuck. You could have done seven, eight, and nine because they would have loved you again, and no, you had to make Jar Jar. And then John fucking Favreau and this Dave Filoni motherfucker thinking this baby Yoda, and then everybody loves them. (laughs) Everyone loves their Star Wars, and these motherfuckers on Star Wars Time Show are still bitching about the prequels. I just think that it would have been funny, like, for me, the the easily replaceable, like, character from George's day would have been the baby Hut from the Clone Wars movie. What was it? Was Zero the Hut's baby? You remember? That was, the the Clone Wars movie, that's legitimately Jabba's kid. Okay, so that's Jabba's kid. Yeah, Zero Zero is is, is the one that fucking stole him. Yeah, okay, that's what it was. So it was Jabba's baby. So, like, if he would have pulled off, like, a baby Yoda in that instead of, like, a hut baby, you could be, yeah, we could be you in You know, it's funny that you, that you bring that up. I, I just saw it today. Someone made a fucking baby Jabba in the style of a baby Yoda. I did see that. That's why, that's right? what yeah, triggered I, I me to I knew that was floating around somewhere. Yeah. I don't know if it was on Reddit, but I know I saw it in my, my daily yeah. Star Wars surfing. Yeah, it was a, it's like a 3D, it was a 3D artist. I can't remember where he's from, but he made a very realistic looking. Right, it looks like the motherfucker built both of the animatronics at his house and was just hanging out with them. Yeah, I mean, it's incredible. Oh, and we found how much this thing cost, by the way. I don't know if you saw that last week. I didn't get to post it, but the the baby Yoda. Five mil, right? Five mil. Yeah. Five million. Hefty. I can see why. And like, look. Werner Herzog had come out before and said that initially they were going to have Baby Yoda just be fully CGI, like fully computer generated. And he literally told them, like, if you don't make this an animatronic, you are a coward. And I don't know how much that affected them or or pushed them to do it. Wait, no, I we heard this. But, I don't know if it was Deborah Cho or when I talked to uh, Dom. But I guess there are times where on set he would forget that baby yoda wasn't real yeah (laughs) i that's hard to i mean it's not hard to believe considering like if if you see the show and you see the level of articulation in that figure like i could see people being like oh hey sorry Uh, little man (laughs) i mean dude animatronics in in 2020 or you know even a couple years back are insane if you compare them to what we were or what i was watching back in the early 80s i mean it's a joke oh yeah and that's that's why now it's like yeah fuck instead of paying a studio full of people at a computer five million dollars let's just fucking build the motherfucker and i'm all for this movement back to this type of stuff because how good it looks now oh yeah i mean there was a period of time where Probably in the early 2000s, late 90s. I mean, dude, 1999, that animatronic or that puppet Yoda looked like fucking shit. It it looked like garbage. Like, that's the one thing that I was really happy that they replaced (laughs) in the special edition. Yeah, that is is George (laughs) Lucas's best ever, most masterful 
special edition edit of all time. Yeah, because like you saw that thing and you were like, "What is that even fucking Yoda? Like, like what is I, going I know he's, on?" I know he's supposed to be a little younger, but not hundreds of years younger, right, George? I mean, this is only what you know, twenty or thirty years prior to when we just watched the fucker die. Yeah, it's, and now you're making him look like he's some spry, freaky garden gnome that fucked Gollum. It was, and then uh, who, who's the guy from Spaceballs? Yogurt or whatever? Yogurt, yeah, yeah. Yogurt. I mean that—that's what that Yoda looked like. Dude, like a, it was a love fuck. child. And he found he he fixed it quick too because he was like, "All right, episode two, Yoda is CGI." Yeah, yeah, yeah he's like, "My bad." Yeah, that's yeah. the one thing where I think George is like, "Oh yeah, okay, I fucked yeah. that up pretty." He's bad. like, "We bit the dust on that one," yeah, but that, I mean this this baby Yoda is incredible. Like, I, I just I hope to whatever being you want to believe in that these plushies we're getting in May are 10% of this blurry shitty picture of a fake baby Yoda. Yeah, dude. Like if they're that close, I'll be happy. It just looks so real. Like it looks so goddamn real. I'll do the same shit. I mean, I will, I'll put another car seat in my truck just to bring this fucker with me everywhere I go. Yeah. Got the one for my real kid, (laughs) one for a fuck fucking fake baby Yoda. Here we go. I'll Charlie around the work. I'll have like a papoose at all times. People are like, what the fuck is wrong with this guy? It's like, I got to take care of the baby. Charlie, buckle baby Yoda in there. Right, right. <laughs> I'll sure. be sitting there mouthing noises like his little. Just moving his hands <laughs> in the force, the force gestures. I swear, the people that watch me now, they're like, they're just, they just check more boxes. They're like, yep, it's getting close. Yeah, he's getting it's, there. It's time to fucking make the raid and lock him up. <laughs> all oh, right man, so this is, um, this sticking with mandalorian one. dude yep we we got a, a kind of a i would call it a wild rumor about some potential castings for the second season of the mandalorian the reason i say it's wild is because if you look at the graphics that this shit is based on it's the most fan centric fan oriented choices for characters we'd all want to see in the show yeah, exactly. All right, and the reason we're even covering this is because someone that is involved in Star Wars, Star Wars canon at that, uh, the the actress that plays Iden Verzio in Battlefront Two, I think her name is what Janina Gavankar. It's yeah, uh, Janina G- uh, Gavankar, Gavankar, yeah, yeah, something uh. like that. But anyways, a fan just shot out like, "Yo, is this true?" Because this, trust me, we'll read through some of these. You're gonna be like, "Yeah, there's no fucking way this is true." And she actually replied back, like, hey, uh, I don't know. Talk ask, to Dave Filoni. Yeah, ask Dave Filoni. So that's why I ran with it. But once I saw all these uh, headshots, Nick, I was like, come on. I mean, there's no fucking way this is real. Yeah. Uh, I mean, th- they got guys coming in to play Bosk, D. Bradley Baker. Like, the, you know, basically D. Bradley the, Baker is the voice actor. Right. <laughs> so essentially, all these are the voice actors that have voiced characters in Star Wars animated that could show up in live action Mando. Cause let's be real. The Mandalorian is the live action sequel to both the clone wars and Star Wars rebels. I oh mean, yeah. It is the continuation of stories, a niche story, but a big arc of a story from those two series. So, yeah. I mean, all these characters are from those those two shows, and you're like, yeah, that'd be fucking great, but there's no way. So, they're not going to dress up D. Bradley Baker as Bosk. No, he looks nothing like the character, of, but they would have to 
put so many prosthetics on his face that he wouldn't be able to move. Yeah, they're, I mean, and he doesn't look like he's probably the right size. They're, no, they're not going to dress up Dan Donahoe as Shriv, the fucking guy from Battlefront 2. Yeah, and look, some of these things in here just are, are purely fan chosen. Like, they have Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka Tano. Yeah. And, and the reason that that is in there is because Rosario Dawson has been literally begging to play Ahsoka Tano since the Cl- moment Chloe live action Bennett Star Wars. Bennett as Dr. Afra. Yeah, like, it's just... They're picking out all these people like Dr. Afra. Yeah, it's a great casting, but yeah. probably too great. Yeah, it's like... And then also, Chloe Bennett is, like... She's probably doing other stuff. Like they picked her because they know that she's associated with Disney through Agents of Shield. I mean, Regina King is Ray Sloan. Like Regina King, I don't even know if she if she acts anymore. Like if she does, it's minimally. She's primarily a director. Look at Simon Pegg as Dengar. <laughs> like so, it's, it's crazy. Here, the one here that would legit work is Katie Sackoff as Bo-Katan. Yeah, yeah, that would work because she, she voiced Bo, and right. then she is a <laughs> badass woman. Like she Vanessa Marshall as Harrison Dula. Okay. Dude, it's just, sure. it is. And I think, like, if you look a little bit further down in the... <laughs> the in best the, one here, right. Tamir Morrison as TBA. He's a fucking clone, assholes. What do you mean, TBA? If yeah, you're going to do this, why would you say he's TBA? He, He's, what is it? What does the TBA mean? He's multiple clones. Like he's gonna or, or like was it like a Django Fett flashback? I mean, come on, it, yeah. it, he couldn't be any other role. Yeah, I mean, it's just so weird, dude. And they got I, the little kid Sindula in here, Cham or however the hell you say it. Oh Cam? yeah, probably Cam in Star Wars. Cam, World. yeah, Cam Sindula. Anyways, I, I thought that was funny. <laughs> I mean, hey. Would Nick and I love to see these characters in the flesh? Of course, all of you would. I mean, even Iden, and it would all make sense for the timeline, and maybe they do, but there's no way every one of these motherfuckers are showing up next year. Yeah, it's impossible. Like, one, like, it would cost a lot of money to get some of these people in here. Like, Rosario is, like, unless they're doing it just because they're huge fans of Star Wars, but, like, Simon Pegg, Rosario Dawson, Regina King, like, some of these well-known actors or actresses, Chloe Bennett, you know, like it's hard to get these people into TV series. And especially, you know, considering that a lot of these people are working on stuff actively. I I just like that Bill Burr, who probably does, (laughs) I'm almost, I can almost guarantee, I think he said before, like he hates Star Wars. Yeah, he thought it was stupid. (laughs) Yeah, is now probably going to be a recurring character. That would be one of the most popular Star Wars. I mean, they left them alive for a reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you know all. Like, like I said, some of these I buy are coming back. I mean, why not? Yeah, I mean, like all the people, like those other three, like bounty hunter mercenary people that that were in Mando and that he left behind in the cell. Like anyone that that lived and was featured will probably pop up again. I mean, just think about any other TV show you've watched. There, There have been characters that float in and out of seasons. Oh yeah that affect the main character, the main narrative. So, but I mean, some of these are laughable, uh, yeah. albeit we take every single one of them. Yeah. But. J- even if it's just one, I mean like Aiden, it seems like that, you know, Janina would be completely open to doing it. I think it would fit in terms of timeline. If you've played the star Wars battlefront two campaign mode, you know that this, she functions right oh, dude, in this. She's era. so perfect. If you think of, I mean, she's from the empire, so they could tire to Gideon Yep. She obviously knew of Operation Cinder because of her dad and that access and you know, so she knew the 
the emperor's stash and force shit and blowing stuff up. I mean, she would be great because Mando needs someone now that probably knows more about Gideon, but also knows about the the old ways and the Jedi and the the rebellion and the Skywalkers and so on and so forth. Yeah, and dude, like the the dynamic that you could play off if you brought in Aiden Verzio to that show, pitting her and Cara Dune as like not really enemies, but like they hate each other. Cara Dune was a rebel shock trooper. Aiden Verzio was right. a, a, you know, an Imperial fucking killer. And, and, and Aiden at this point is essentially I defected. Mean, yeah. She's in the new Republic, but yeah. it's more or less the beginning of Leia's resistance already. Right. Yeah, kind of. It's it's getting there a little bit. So, uh, I mean, I just think that it would be really fun to have those two characters in particular on the same set playing off each other. I think it could be really cool. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this is completely – none of this shit is going to happen unless, you know, one of them happens to pop out of the blue and, and, and makes its way in there. But it's a really fun thing that, just, you know, yeah, fans – I think where things together. need to go. He was put on a mission, a very direct and clear mission. Yep. He needs to find Jedi or force people. Yes. Find and his you would kind. You would think, if anything – I mean, it should not be unreasonable to think that – we get a Skywalker mention next year. Just a mention. Yeah, just to, just to throw it out there. It's like, does I mean, anybody his, know his where legend Luke has is? to be all over the place. It oh has yeah. To be. Oh yes. I mean, like the the legend of Luke Skywalker, the pilot, was out there after he blew up the initial Death Star. I mean, I mean the legend of Luke he, Skywalker, he, the uh, Jedi. He had his you know resurrection tour in the new trilogy where he reaffirmed his legend with what he did in TLJ, but, I mean, he had a legend to run away from in the first place, and that was from his heroics in Episodes 4, 5, and 6. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you, you would you would at least think he's like, yeah, you know, or someone mentions, like, well, that Skywalker guy, all the shit he did, he would have to have the Force, right? It's like, does anybody know Luke Skywalker? Do you know yeah. where I can find him? Something like that. <laughs> yeah. So. so, yeah, it should be a fun second season for sure. Well, speaking of uh, Mando, at least people that have ties to the Mandalorian, Nick dug up a, a juicy little rumor. I think this popped sometime last week at night. I remember Nick hit it yep. like a like a Star Wars rumor mill sleuth that he is. But uh, we're getting there's some fire around Taika Waititi potentially getting into Star Wars movies. Yeah, I mean, Taika was the director of the final episode of The Mandalorian, episode eight, and everybody seems I mean, to love the Mando. The voice of IG-11, essentially the, voice the of soul. IG-11. Yeah, I mean, this guy, Taika Waititi, is just a fantastic director of media, whether it be film or TV. And Did now, you know of him before Thor Ragnarok? No, I didn't. Yeah, me like, either. Yeah, it's like, I don't know what he was doing. I mean, I know, actually, I knew of what we do in the shadows, that is the vampire movie. It was very small. Like, it wasn't, like, a huge hit, but it had a cult following, and it then spawned the What They Do in the Shadows TV series on FX. So I knew of that. I hadn't seen it. So, like, I kind of had, like, like a cursory knowledge of, of this dude having worked on it. But, like, I didn't know who he was in a huge way until Ragnarok. And the only reason 
that Ragnarok was as successful as it was was because of him. I mean, I was he, gonna say, man, to me, he almost fundamentally changed the whole tone of the MCU with that movie. I mean, it, yeah, Thor, hundred percent. He took Thor from a somewhat serious you know, huh, 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 type of character to the funniest fucking character in all the MCU. I mean, Thor to me is just fantastic in Ragnarok, great yep. in Infinity War, amazing in Endgame, and that's all because of how Taika fundamentally changed who Thor was in Thor's universe. Yeah, I mean, he he took a character that was essentially going in the way of like being the brooding kind of, you know, serious character of the 3 because you have before Ragnarok, you had Robert Downey Jr. as semi-comedic relief, and then you would throw in a little bit of, you know, uh, uh, of Chris Evans as as Captain America as, like, your upstanding moral compass. And then you didn't really have, like, you know, Thor was turning into that brooding kind of character. But it was, it was hurting the movies because Dark World is still the lowest-rated MCU movie, of, like, of all the proper MCU films. And then it was hurting Chris Evans, Chris I mean, or Chris uh, Hemsworth, because he was like, "Man, I just didn't like playing the character anymore. I wanted to get out of it." And then Taika came in, and he's like, "Look, I'm turning this whole thing around." Like Kevin Feige gave him the freedom to essentially rewrite that entire character to oh, be he, like. He this. made Thor one of one of my favorite Marvel characters of all time. Now, I mean, I, oh, I would yeah. say Hulk still. Fuck, man! I don't know if Hulk's my one. Well, it, it's 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 always like Hulk, Wolverine. Now Thor's kind of in that mix. Wolvie is always going to be up there for me. I I love Wolverine. Um, even before like proper MCU movies ever came out, Wolverine was always my yeah, favorite. Wolverine was probably him. my original always go to guy. But yeah. what they did with him in the first Avengers for the Hulk, I, I mean, I, I fell in love with the character after that movie yeah. for some reason. I bought a six hundred fifty dollar maquette statue of that hulk that i still have nice Uh, so that's where hulk became my number one but But yeah i mean so so the reason that this is happening now is like just in case anyone gives a fuck yeah (laughs) like i threw that in it's like okay it's like i like this fucker so much that i spent 650 dollars on a statue (laughs) yeah it's like why are we talking about marvel characters but But, i mean it's because taika that's what really he made his name off of he made his name off of thor ragnarok and then you know he's he's become this this like visionary filmmaker almost from that. I mean, you have Jojo Rabbit that just came out recently that's getting a ton of Oscar buzz. Oh, and it's then, such such a good. I mean, Nick just saw it. I saw yeah. it when it came out. It's if you like anything Tyke has done, you're gonna you're gonna love this too. But it, it's a, it just shows you how smart he is. He is like he can uh, he with can his take... with his humor, but also getting a a clear and important message on humanity out there. Oh yeah, like if you've never seen Jojo Rabbit or you don't know what Jojo Rabbit's about, like he manages to to take Nazi Germany, the time around the around World War Two, make it funny but also keep a very serious tone and message throughout the entire movie. I mean, like, it was, like, I was, one, I was telling Matt, like, I was in a pack theater. This movie's been out for a while now. Oh, and months, dude. It, yeah. I think it, it might have been a October or November release, maybe. Yeah, so they re-released it or put it back in, you know, for a few showings out there for Oscar season. The theater was packed, and everybody, like, 
everybody was just kind of in awe of what was going on. Like you feel, you almost feel uncomfortable laughing at some of these things. Cause you're like, right. I mean, <laughs> go back to the opening se- sequence in episode eight of Mando. I mean, you're literally watching two adults beat and punch a baby. Yeah. Like yet, a, a infant. <laughs> yet you're sitting there laughing at it. You know, you were laughing at it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty, you know, you thought crazy. the scene was entertaining. And it's, that's <clears throat> that's Tyke's humor, and, and and as Nick said, he makes he makes people like Hitler comical. Yeah, he makes the gaslighting of the German youth at that time funny. Like you, the the whole point of the movie is you're laughing at this little kid that Hitler's his hero because of how he was raised. Yeah, it's just. <laughs> But that's Taika, man. So just think what he could do with Star Wars. Yeah, we've and, seen it. We've seen it in a small dose. And look. Kevin Feige is now going to be a big part of Star Wars future. I mean, like he has come on to Lucasfilm in a in a very prominent role. We don't know exactly what his title is or anything like that, but like he is essentially being gifted a number of Star Wars films yeah. to develop on his own. And I feel like he's going to whip his dick out at Celebration and, and lay down something concrete on his something. plan. Yeah, yeah, on something. I mean, because I mean, if there's if I'm Kevin Feige and I'm bringing in a director, you're not going to get the Russo brothers. Just let that go. Russo brothers have been, they were responsible for winter soldier and infinity war and Endgame. I don't feel like that's the type of directors you need for star Wars. I mean, they would, I think they would make fucking fantastic star Wars movies. I really do. But I don't know if, if, if you're starting a, what is essentially a new franchise of Star Wars films. I don't know if those are the people you bring in first. Like they like you bring them in later if they want to do it. Taika is clearly interested in Star Wars, took a directing job on a TV series for Disney Plus that he was you could argue well above in terms of his stature as a director. Like he didn't need to do that. He wanted to. And but you bring this guy in to basically kick off Feige's Star Wars franchise and like you can't have a better director in the chair. Like the dude's up for Oscars. The dude has proven his medal as a star Wars storyteller and director. Like who else could you possibly want in that chair? It's the perfect. Yeah. I mean, dude, episode eight was fantastic. Uh, Let's all be real. There's a good portion of us that probably got emotional over a assassin droid that became a nurse droid that sacrificed itself. Yeah. And that's because of, what Taika did with the character for fuck's sake on top of how he directed, or I don't know if he contributed much to the story of eight, but just how he wanted to tell it. Uh, I mean, just (laughs) strapping on baby Yoda on the speeder bike run. I mean, that is insane. He had a baby on go and the baby's laughing and you know, all the murder and chaos. That's Taika. That's Taika. And like, if you look at like star Wars movies have always had, bits of humor injected into them. And I think that his style of humor would play perfectly in, in, in a live action star Wars film, not just TV series. Like he, he would, he has all of the necessary components. Like he's directed crazy action with Ragnarok. He's directed, you know, within Ragnarok, you have those comedic moments. You have those big star power blockbuster moments. And then with Jojo rabbit, you bring in just incredible, creative storytelling and, 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 you know, using set pieces 
from real history to kind of weave this interesting, funny tale that tugs at the heartstrings. Like, that's exactly what I want in a Star Wars director. Yeah, yeah. and supposedly if this this is real, I mean, he would essentially be in this somewhat blank slate period. I mean, unless people Mm -hmm. are beholden to the High Republic era, so 400 years prior to uh, New Hope or whatever. Or no, TPM. Yeah, TPM. So, I mean, I think... When I saw this, I was like, holy shit. I mean, it comes out of a pretty good... I mean, this comes right out of THR, The Hollywood Reporter. I mean, this isn't like a rag. It makes it makes total sense. I yeah. Mean, this, so. But, hey, dude, it's Star Wars these days. You never know who's going to get murdered or quit. I mean, that's you, just, right. you don't know. At, at this point in time, when they announced all the directors for this trilogy that just passed, would you have ever thought when it was all said and done that one of them got scrubbed for creative differences. Yeah, dude. And the I, other one, the one that started, had to come back and kind of finish it, and the one in the middle just kind of did his own little deal that didn't quite jive with the beginning or what the other guy was going to do. I mean... Yeah, it, it definitely <laughs> didn't go... I mean, so like, you never know. I mean, th- this looks great, and you're like, wow, they're making smart decisions, but... I I mean, like, I feel like... Game if of Thrones one, guys already quit? I mean, shit. <laughs> yeah. Like, if there's one director right now, I mean, like, there's, I feel like there's multiple directors that you would say are unassailable. Like, Christopher Nolan is a director that you would say is unassailable. Quentin 100%. No, I, I mean, that's exactly what my stunt buddy said. And more or less, he, we had the same conversation where he's going, like, you know, they've, they've fucked this trilogy up. And at this point, we all have to agree with that. Yeah. Whether you loved it or not, that doesn't mean we hate it. It's just, it was fucked up. Yeah. Like <laughs> there's, the, there's, no way to slice it just like the prequels they're fucked up yeah like just the decisions made at the executive level took this trilogy from what it could have been to what it is like it could have been truly truly great and now it's okay like it's good and it's usually because how decisions are made or or who's making the decisions in the prequels you could argue is the fact that no one would tell george no yeah, And that would be hard. I mean, he's the guy that created all in the first place. But if you really look at some of the stuff, a good amount of it could have been fixed if someone just said, ah, I don't know, man. You know, like, uh, maybe not that. Or yeah. maybe, maybe no, not that way or, or say it that way or shoot it it's that like, way. Do we really want to film all of the Jedi and Geonosis on separate green screens? You right. don't want to just have them all in the same room? <laughs> No? Yeah, and, okay. and then in, in this sequel trilogy, it was the fact that no one had the foresight to realize that if you let three artists, I don't care if they're directors or writers, but guess what? In, in this case, they were both, all of them. How they thought letting three of them basically do whatever the fuck they want would make for a coherent trilogy in any sense of the term coherent. Yeah. It, it's, it's it's batshit crazy. I mean, it's, it's like... And in the end, guys and girls, don't sit here and blame the Kathleen Kennedys. These are these are like Bob Iger people level decision makers, right? Yeah, these yeah. are the people making those decisions, and it's just fucking nuts. Yeah, it's. I mean, the good thing about what Kevin and what is you know being said out there about the new movies, this disconnected but cross, you know, will, will cross each other storylines it allows for that level of creative freedom that they wanted to give to JJ and to Colin and to Ryan, like with a, with a style like that, 
you don't have to you don't have to check in with everybody else you basically as long as you keep the minimum requirement of the characters alive then you have the ability to kind of tell your own story um so i mean with Which is, Kevin i mean at this in, point in time the, the people in the fucking suits with the money need to quit pretending or quit uh, flexing their muscle if you will uh, in the creatives arena like leave them alone yeah and i let think the motherfucker creatives be creatives you guys just sit back and make all the money off their fucking backs like why did i get it i'd probably be the same way because i have this hole in my soul where i feel like hey i have to be involved in something special right i yeah. I, I know what bob Iger's thinking when he's sitting up there in his office like oh I got to be involved. I got to say I've worked on Star Wars. I've contributed, blah, 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 blah. I, I have no right to, but hey, I'm the fucking boss, so here we go. And that, that's how you get fucked up shit. That's how you get fucked up Star Wars. So if this Tyka thing's real, please don't fuck it up. Yeah, I mean, I think that's why they brought in Kevin. They know that Kevin can control a, a franchise, and they also you know that Kevin's so. not going to fuck with it. Like, Kevin... Right. If Kevin was going to fuck with something, he would have fucked with a three-hour and 15-minute cut of Endgame and said, like, hey, buddy, too long. Like, but he didn't. He let it ride. I mean, at this point, if I'm Kevin and you got a Bob or someone, because, again, it's not like Kevin's really working for a new company at this point. Yeah, there might be some other dudes in suits at Lucasfilm that he's got to sit next to. Yeah. But in the end, he still works for Bob. And the money he's generated for Bob, you would hope at this point Kevin could pretty much be like, hey, dude, shut the fuck up. Just keep, you know, count your greenbacks. Let me make the fucking art. Yeah, exactly. Like, I just made you $10 billion. Why don't you go fucking <laughs> exactly. shut the fuck up and do something else? I don't, I, know. I, 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 I don't get it, but I get it. I do get it with people like the Bobs out there. And, and trust me, there's I bet there's a Bob in every fucking studio structure on the planet. Oh, yeah, dude. I mean, you whether it be a producer, an yep. executive. If or they got the money, they feel else. like they should be able to contribute to the art, and it usually doesn't work out. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, 100% on board with this. I don't know. I mean, Taika's response was pretty simple. Um, he just posted a picture of Fleetwood Mac. They have a, an album called Rumors. He just posted that <laughs> that screen, like, you know, a picture of that. that shows you how his art. mind works. Yeah, I mean, the guy's a genius. So. Right. I mean, and, and that's all it was, Rumors. So we'll see. I mean, I'm sure, Ke- I mean, at the very least, I'm sure that Kevin is, you know, Kevin Feige the guy coming from Marvel is, is discussing this type of shit with his contacts to the people who made the Marvel films. Like, Hey, you know, Taika, are you interested? Uh, Russo brothers, are you interested? Right. You know, Hey, do you uh, guys want to make the motherfucking, uh, S W C U? All right, let's go. Yeah. Let's kick it off. It's basically a 10 year project. We're all going to make hundreds of millions of dollars personally. So why not? Yeah, bring in RDJ, Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> can play. Hey, yeah, dude, he's going to need to because Doolittle fucking tanked. And yeah, apparently they lost hard. I mean, they're talking they may lose 100 mil. Yeah, I saw that headline today. I, I saw it. Yes, I took Charlie yesterday. It's pretty, it is pretty bad. Really? They tried to make it into like an action movie, right? I, they try to make it into like just stupid, like shit and fart jokes and. Dude, the last Doctor Doolittle movie was with Eddie Motherfucking Murphy, and it yeah. was literally just a—it was just like a family comedy, and that's not what this one seemed like. Yeah, um, I mean, they try to go for it, and you know, even RDJ's doing some weird ass 
accent that I, I didn't know if he was going for Scottish, Welsh, or like living in a ditch, <laughs> Middle Island. I have no idea. I don't know, man. I guess like that just goes to show you that just because you got somebody like that in there doesn't mean that your movie. Yeah, I, I felt bad it. for him. I'm like, nah, this shouldn't be your first starring role after what you like, did in Endgame, man. Yeah, I mean, P- post Iron Man, you needed something a little stronger. I mean, Oof. like I liked his shit in. I thought he was a really good Holmes. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, RDJ can't. I mean, he is a box office type of dude. He's like a Tom Cruise. You go. Yeah, but uh, but well, yeah. that one wasn't the right. E- e- even Charlie, I could tell she was just sitting there, like, man, is this ever gonna fucking end? It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, great. Kid. All right, man. So, Taika, I'll keep my fingers crossed. I know Nick will too. That that oh, would yes. be fantastic because I think he would tell a a a type of Star Wars story that we haven't quite seen yet. If he was kind of given the reins to do whatever, so yeah. Yeah. Let's let's uh, reach out in the force now and humana that shit. Humana, humana, humana. All right, dude. So speaking of people that like to humana, I've used speaking to a lot in segues tonight. I'm gonna correct that next time. <laughs> uh, but somehow over in Korea, they just started selling the art book for the Rise <laughs> of Skywalker, and I think at this point you can understand why they delayed it here in the states because. This book was already supposed to be out, Nick. I don't know if you knew that. I mean, all of the other art books have released almost day and date with the film, if not a week after. But this one, they they delayed. I think it was only a couple weeks before the film came out. And my, you know, sinister speculation is that they did it because of how much shit was cut out of the film. Yeah, they were like, oh, y'all really chopped this shit up. (laughs) So Uh, we need to start uh, removing pages from this book. Right, like, yeah, we don't quite want to get the pitchforks too fired up yet. Uh, but I, I think some of the interesting stuff here, Nick, and it, it just also harkens back to never read Star Wars leaks at this point because uh, th- there's people now that have the most inside of inside sources because they called all this shit, even the shit that got cut. And one of the biggest things was this concept of an oracle that Kylo was seeking to help him find the wayfinder that obviously he finds within the first 30 seconds in the cut we got. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, this is something that was perfectly described in the leaks. I mean, they said it was going to be some bulbous-looking kind of like spider-cow creature that essentially Kylo has to find. We assume that he finds it on Mustafar because that's where the movie opened up. And in these leaked images from this Korean version of the, the Rise of Skywalker art book, like... That's exactly what it looks like. It's a fucking like spider cow sitting in a lake and it's surrounded by fucking trees on fire. I mean, if yeah, that the, is the not interesting, confirmation, then interesting yeah. shot about this. I mean, there are, there are two shots in particular. It looks like they're from the set. Yeah. Like one of them is 100 fucking percent. A camera shot. It's an in-camera shot. If that's a painting, man, that person is really good. Yeah, at, at I mean, lifelike painting uh, or digital, whatever, because it, it's that's from the fucking set. Yeah, like the, the the one that we're talking about, and again, like the I will have linked the post that contains these tweets. It's a pullout shot, so you see the back of Kylo, and then you see the the Oracle kind of right in front of him. Um, but then everything around it is burning trees. And like Matt said, like this is this is real ass fire and that's real trees. Like this is not 
Like this is definitely not like some sort of. So I, I really do. I really do think they shot this, and I almost think you can tell where it's cut because in the opening, you know, he's hacking and slashing and whacking. Yeah. Yeah. Hacking and slashing. Do you remember that song from Fallout Games? Yeah. You ever play <laughs> yeah. any Fallout? That's like one of the best songs. I played anyways, Fallout, Fallout Four. Yes. You know he does all this shit, and then he 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 like you know Adam turns like Whoa, like he's like he's looking at something that has called out to him, right? Yeah, and then and they play it off as it. if it's the thing calling to him, the wayfinder. But I guarantee it was this motherfucker, like ah, huh, huh, you know, probably like almost like a Jabba. At the the laugh he gave to Leia and Solo when she thaws his ass out, like, huh, 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 huh. yeah, I mean, like it's been watching him the whole time, and now because then we, it's almost like this Oracle taunts Kylo because he's thinking about Ray and he's thinking about this, and yeah, you know, if, you, the, if you go back Oracle's to the leaks, fucking with him, like he know, like the Oracle knows what he's like looking for, like, and he's like he plays with him a little bit, and you know it's. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was definitely something that was shot, and it would have been something that that extended. We heard that the the opening scene on Mustafar could have been extended as much as like five minutes. Like, what we got was essentially like a thirty second cut of that scene. So right. if you would have extended, and, and we're not fully, idiots. I, I fully understand that shit that ends up in an art book or just concept art in general does not mean the scene was shot or it was ever even real. I mean, they they let these artists have a ton of leeway right yeah. you know that there may be a pitch meeting where a george lucas or someone's like yeah there's gonna be this fucking oracle thing and in my head it's it's like a spider but it's kind of sitting on a fucking baby's head it could be a cow face or a pig face or elephant pig there you go and then they walk away and they go fucking you know eat some donuts or whatever <laughs> and then these motherfuckers just are like boom they you know the the super scoundrels of the world, they, they start letting those the, the, the magic in their fingertips work, and then they come up with concept art. And yeah, we, we understand not all this shit is, it was going to be in the movie, but I'm telling you, you look at this shit, this was in the fucking movie. Yeah, I mean, this was definitely, this shot in particular was definitely in it. So, I mean, this... I mean, there's a lot of cool shit in here, too. And I'll yeah, tell you as, why. Like, go ahead. Th- the reason that it was released is because last week was the release of, of Tross in Korea. So, like, they, they, they didn't get a simultaneous worldwide, worldwide release like everybody else did. So they probably just said, fuck it. If the movie's coming out, we'll just sell this shit now. <laughs> and they didn't realize that they actually had to pull it back. But... I mean, there's a lot of good shit in here, but yeah, also I wonder, a lot of shit that... Yeah. I mean, it looks like they robbed the design of BD-1. Like, if you scroll down to the very bottom, they're doing, like, designs for Dio, and it, it literally looks like BD-1 heads are up there. Okay. Anyways, yeah, yeah but uh, another one I liked, uh, I loved the uh, the shot of Dark Ray and Kylo on a throne. Like, the way Kylo's sitting on the throne like a fucking diva. yeah. That is just masterful looking. And Ray is his protector almost. Like the, yeah, you know, she's, she's still, the heavy. She's yeah. she's the one that's gonna fuck people up. It's still and she's still got like her staff. She doesn't have a lightsaber yet, yeah. at least from what you can tell. I mean, like that shit, like the concept I mean, like shit like this, these books are really fucking. Or, I mean, cool. look at Ben Solo. In this one, they're implying time has almost passed. He's got yeah, a fucking beard, his, his hair's cut. His hair's cut, yep. He's he's got different yeah, different. Look at the hashtags. Hair. Ben Solo deserves better. Yeah. I mean <laughs> also Ben got a really good arc in this movie. So I mean I know everything was a little rushed, but 
I thought that his arc was good. One of my favorite things is like this concept art for a dark ray, like that that's ha- that has two lightsabers, like the dual wielding dark ray. Um, it, it whew, man, I mean, again, like these fucking people, these concept artists are just incredibly talented, and it's. I really hope that some of this stuff makes it into the official release because, like you said concept art or concept art books like this often do contain material that is either cut or abandoned or never really was intended to be used, but was just cooked up by the artists. So like, I don't really see a reason to like remove the Oracle from this book or, or to remove the renditions of dark side Ray that yeah, I, I don't used. know if I, I, I don't know if they delayed it to remove shit. You know, I'm, I'm not getting all conspiracy, but they they delayed it for a reason, I, and you know if you really want to get nutty Reddit Reddit style, you know maybe it is like uh, hey we butchered that film's edit so bad let's just let's maybe scrub ho- any yeah <laughs> hopefully JJ will forget about some of this concept art or these actual scenes he shot and we'll just delay the art book for a few months yeah I mean uh, I mean for context too like if you scroll down in the thread a little bit like. Somebody drops in concept art from Return of the Jedi where, like, there is a giant creature that's on uh, the the forest moon of Endor that's, like, eating uh, Ewok's hole. And just there's a lot of that. Like, obviously, with concept art, you can kind of go out there and, and make a lot of stuff. But, like, the concept art that we're seeing now, particularly used with the leaks... That is where things kind of get a little shit. The Oracle, 100%. I mean, I, I yeah. swear there's at least two shots that are fucking from the set. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like the up close and that pulled back where you see the silhouette of presumably Kylo. And it's just, there, there, there's no way. So who knows? It's delayed. And, and if you believe everything on Star Wars leaks, like I was telling you earlier, right now there's a thread about the Rise of Skywalker art book is being recalled and destroyed by rec- by request of copyright holder to be republished. So yeah. So maybe some we'll shit did make it in there that they didn't want out after yeah, I mean, the final def- cut. Definitely possible. I mean, but just because there's a recall doesn't mean people are fucking bringing that thing back for sure. Like if I had a version of this book, it'd be yeah, like, yeah, I mean, fuck like, your go, recall. Go fuck your mom. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, there's no way. Yeah, I will keep this and then I'll also buy the other one that you put out just so I can point out all the differences. Um, but yeah, shit like this is really cool. I'm looking forward to the art book. This might be a book that Matt will buy because it's only pictures. No, I do. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's there's words, but I typically just gloss over those. Yeah, Actually, I, I have yet to even look through the one for The Last Jedi yet. That's how lazy I've gotten with anything that has paper in between two thicker <laughs> pieces of paper. I just I can't do it. I can't do oh, it. Man. Like my, my fucking... The Tross Visual Encyclopedia, whatever it's called, is still sitting in the same place on the floor I told you about last week. Yeah, I have mine. It's on my bookshelf, too. It's and it's so in a place where I actually have to avoid it on the floor. Yet it's like, goddamn, it now I have to walk around this book again. <laughs> yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm talking about. That's how, that's how uh, uh, allergic I am to books at this point in time. Jeez. Well, All right, well, sticking with Tross, we're going to move on to... Part two, if you will, of this Duel of the Fates, <laughs> Colin Trevorrow script, early draft 
pre-Carrie Fisher death leak rumor speculation thing. Yep. All right, so on the last cast, which was what? Is that 92 or 91? I can't uh, keep count anymore. I'm actually dreading episode 100 because I feel like we may have to do something special for that, and that means we might have to exert some effort. (laughs) Uh, But more on that later. Nice. Uh, But anyways, dude, so this uh, RBM dude, this Burnett guy, he was the first one to kind of air this supposed Trevorrow script on YouTube and Nick and I we I've broken it down now twice in video form so hopefully you've caught that on youtube.com slash Star Wars type show but you know we want to talk about it at least I'm going to kind of guide Nick through some of the bullet points so as part one ended last week the 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 climax of this version of the movie was way unfinished I mean it's basically like Kylo went and hung out with the Sith dude Torvalum and then he and Ray fought the end. It's like, okay, well, <coughs> what the hell? What the fuck happened to everything else? So, yeah. well, we kind of got that shit. And some of the bigger stuff, I think, that got fleshed out in the second part of this Trevorrow leak, it dealt with Kylo and this Sith Lord Torvalum, as well as Ray and what her and Kylo get mixed up in on Mortis. So, you know, Mortis was briefly mentioned last week. This time it's it's pretty heavily baked into the script, which I think would have been fantastic because, again, that would have been pulling the animated universe yep. into live action yet again. Uh, but anyways, Kylo ends up with the, with this dude, Torvalum, who's a new Sith Master, very old guy, you know, probably trained Plagueis himself, that type of old... But Valum, I would describe him to you, Nick, as a, he's essentially a Darth Nihilus type. I mean, he's the one that eventually teaches Kylo Ren how to suck the life force out of people, to cheat death, and become even more powerful in the force. So, a concept we sort of saw in the trust that we got, right? Yes, yes, that's the power Uh, that Palpatine himself had kind of unlocked with... Exactly. So, you know, hey, it makes sense. It's very Sith-like. It it pays off on some shit started back in the prequels. Uh, Essentially, Valum taunts him like any good Sith Master would. Like, you want to attain the the powers of those who came before. Take your place among the gods of Mortis. Like, I think I would have got into this biblical level for shit, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I do like, just like, the Mortis arc itself had such a an interesting turn for the story of the chosen one and exactly like what the force is. So exploring that in live action would have been really cool. Yeah. So, you know, Valum again, his main purpose was to teach Kylo of the living force and and its ability to provide nourishment to those Sith and, you know, people that practice the dark side, essentially to take life is to cheat death. So there you go. The whole, the whole payoff from the opera scene back in Revenge of the Sith. Uh, you know, Team A, these are the people on Coruscant. They, they were tasked with blowing up this force beacon, which was going to allow the Resistance to contact 50 planets to let them know, like, hey, the First Order's fucked up. They blocked comms everywhere, but we're here. We're ready to rock. Let's do this. Uh, but it, it explains more how they're in the underbody of Coruscant and how it, it's become, like, just bunch of homeless people you know so rose can appreciate that but you know some jokes with 3po because you know he's he's an elitist this that and the other thing (laughs) he should know how to get around on the the upper levels of coruscant but 
uh, like I said, the, the, the main stuff here are the is the shit around Kylo, Valum, Ray, Mortis. There is the the fight with Vader where Vader does beat Kylo in a very Empire Strikes Back type of setup. Yep. Uh, but again, it, it allows Valum to explain about Mortis more because this is where ultimately Kylo just wants Mortis. Yeah. Uh, because it's the well of the living force, the source of the galaxy's birth. Uh, and Valum's just taunting Kylo at this point. Like, you're not worthy, punk. Like, you're not worthy for this shit. So guess what our friend Kylo does? Kills him, I would yeah. imagine. Because that's like what Like any good Sith, do. he takes what he was just taught and uses it against his master. So very Palpatine-ish. Makes uh, sense. So, so at this point, yeah, Kylo is probably a better villain than Darth Vader and more committed to the idea of being an evil scumbag. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so now Kylo kills Valum, gets his knowledge of everything, learns about Mortis. So, he, you know, he's going to head, head on. So out. when you, okay, so that's, that's interesting. So when you force life drain somebody, you also take on their like, memories that's what I'm, that's what like I'm that. inferring. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I could buy it. I mean, like, that was a theory that was thrown around, even around Tross Palpatine, because Tross Palpatine, that line, he says, I, you know, I am all of the Sith. This, if you, if you carry this back all the way to Darth Bane and essence transfer and how this could possibly work, if you read the Bane books, it's very unclear at the end whether Darth Xana actually kills him and then is able to maintain her her being or if if Bane was successful in possessing her and you know what a theory says and you know that's out on the internet is that like essentially Bane was able to to live all the way through and in each transfer of 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 life that happened he not only took on his own uh, you know, took his own knowledge and his own powers with him, but he also brought along the powers and the knowledge from all of the Sith that he took over. Oh, yeah, yeah. So that, that's what I mean. I just kind of inferred it. They don't really go in detail, but the next time we pick up with Kylo, he's leaving this Remnicor system to head the Mortis. So I'm like, all right. He figured it out somewhere, so I assume just from sucking dude's face. Yeah. He uh, so at this point, so Kylo kills Valum. Team A gets the beacon lit. It gets the uh, mention out. Uh, supposedly, you're going to see some Bendu monks. That, that would be a nod to Rebels. This is, you know, this is where we get the boss cameo, and apparently he fucking hates the First Order, so he was going to help Leia. Um, the signal reaches a boy and his sister watching the hologram from an R6 unit near their moisture evaporator on mm. Tatooine. Nice, nice. So that's a nice little nod. And then Leia's speech was essentially, we can no longer live in the shadow of the First Order. We must step into the light. But then the transmission gets cut. All right, so then we, we cut to Team B, which was Ray, Poe, Chewie, BB-8. So, you know, the teams were great splits, in my yeah. opinion. Uh, you got a little bit of old and new mixed within each one, but everyone was out on the adventure. Yeah. Uh, so they're sailing on this ship, this razor sail thing. This is where the Knights of Ren attack, and eventually Ray kills them all. Uh, this is where we learn Ray is conflicted. She's telling Poe, like, I had no choice. And Poe's like, hey, don't worry about baby. Jedi <laughs> do that, right? Like killing people. Uh, 
and this is where Ray she knows now she has to go to Mortis. I don't know. I, I don't. I guess she's having visions, or this Vision, is why she's yeah. on this planet. And, and but we also learn, and as I've been saying, I'm telling you that scene in TLJ, which I believe there's another story that Colin actually asked Ryan to put that in there for. Yeah, him. I remember you mentioned it. The meeting of the two. But Poe, apparently, he at least has a crush on Ray. And, and Ray's like, dude, you can't come with me. This place is fucked up. And he's like, no, I'm not going to leave. And she eventually mind tricks him, but he even beats that. So Whoa. she does end up kind of planting one on him to catch him off guard. And then the mind trick takes and he leaves. <laughs> uh, so this is where Ray then takes the Knife Nine, which is the Knights of, the Re- Knights of Renship, and she heads to Mortis. And the others, they get back on their stolen Star Destroyer. Um, Hux comes in a picture. Kyle's like, yo, I'm leaving this place. Hux is like, motherfucker, Coruscant's under attack. Kylo's like, dude, keep the faith. Chill the fuck out. Don't be a pussy, essentially. Yeah, yeah. As he and then Ky- Kylo's like, listen, dude, I'm the one that cut the beacon in the first place. I've got everything under control, but I need to go finish my mission. Uh, so that happens. Then we get to see Leia. She eventually ends up at Lando's strip club, if you will. (laughs) And she asks him for help, but apparently Lando turns her down. He's like, Hey, listen, a lot of my clients are first order. So, you know, I thought that was interesting. So first, you know, he, he's like, no, he even says we won a war once already. What good did that do? Wow. Okay. Okay. So then Ray heads to Mortis now, which is described as having no stars around it, just deep black. Now, her, sh- her ship shuts down and she crashes on it, and at the same time, her buddy shows up. Okay, so just kind of Mortis is clearly a huge part of this movie. So if we hearken back to Mortis as we saw it in in Clone Wars, like Mortis wasn't really a planet that they ended up on. Like Mortis was more of a like, like force users. Like the way Anakin got there, and Obi and 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 and, and Ahsoka was like, they didn't actually go there, right? Like they ended up there. Like their ship stalled. Oh, dude, it's and then, it's been a while since I did my rewatch. I have no fucking idea. From from what I can remember, it was like they were going somewhere. Their their star, you know, their ship stalls out. And they're stuck. And then all of a sudden, they lose time. Like, they almost go into, like, a very realistic vision. And they're, like, pulled to Mortis. And then that's where that whole arc plays out. And then when they come out of it, they're back on the ship again with time loss. It's almost like an alien encounter, how people describe that. Where, like, you go so, ah, like yes. you go somewhere and then you come back. And and you can remember it, but you lose time. Like it's all gone. Like you lost an hour, or you lost. You know. Well, I a guess day. I guess that's the animated version of Mortis, because in in this pretend version of live action Mortis, it, it sounds like it was a it's a physical location, a, a physical location, but not really. It's essentially a black hole. It's the butthole of the galaxy or the yeah. vagina, if you will. Yeah, that's I mean, what that's, that's what Valen was saying. He's like, this is the source of everything. Yeah. Yeah. The source of the force, the source of all living things. So, 
yeah, I mean, who knows? Who knows? But they, they end up there. This is the, the, at the same time. Now we get the big Coruscant battle, which is a callback to uh, Return of the Jedi. So you got the, you know, the ground and air battle, space battle, so on and so forth. Uh, so on Mortis, are the, the two Force users, they each have a vision. Ray has a vision of being on Jakku. Okay. And essentially sees the moment she's left where her mom runs towards her, but her dad's like, no, we can't. It's too dangerous. Wait here. We'll come back. But then Ray's like, why did no one come back? And then Kylo has his vision where he finds a house in the woods. And in the house, there is a younger version of himself. And uh, essentially Han Solo's there too. And he opens the door and has a, has a conversation with Han. So there's another uh, similarity but this time the conversation didn't work uh, yeah you know han was trying to tell him like listen man all this is all bullshit and your mom needs you and ben's like no she sent me away she's afraid of me blah 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 so anyways so they that was their... the young young han to to young ben yeah essentially something yeah. like that and then psycho kylo was just kind of watching all that play out okay uh, battle Coruscant's continuing, and now Kylo and Rey confront each other, and essentially they they start taunting each other, getting in each other's head, using the Force against each other. And Kylo's like, "I'm stronger than Anakin Skywalker, stronger than his son." And Rey's like, "But you're still afraid of what you, of of course, of what you become. The dark side has left you empty, a hus. You gotta love some of this dialogue." <laughs> So, yeah, you know, whatever. And he's like, we could rule the galaxy as the ancients did. A lot of shit about the ancients. The dark side and the light. So that that is a direct reference to Mortis and the gods, right? The, the, yeah. The father, the, the son, father, the daughter. Son, the daughter, yep. And then this is where Reagan calls him out. Like, you think I'd join you after what you did to my family? And, and kind of is like, whoa, whoa. So she knows about it. So, yes. In this version, Ray is still a no one. And Snoke sent Kylo to take her out. But he just got her parents instead. He didn't get her. So, like, her parents were... She confirms that her parents weren't losers. I mean, this is yeah, just Yeah, my your... parents didn't sell me from for drinking money. Okay, they were it. hiding from you because Snoke put a hit on them because of her. Interesting. Like, so the whole... She... He just wanted to get rid of the kid. Yeah, so she, so Snoke knew that she was a Force user. Powerful in the like Force, it. yes. Yeah, and Clear, then, like, I her mean, parents were probably... Which is hinted at in TFA. There's been an awakening. I mean, yeah, exactly. Snoke felt it, but hey, now yeah. he's a clone. Didn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so essentially Kylo killed her parents, whatever. Yeah, interesting. Considering uh, they're battling. They're, they're trying to sap the living Force out of each other, but can't at this point. Uh, you know, Kylo's still like, hey, I could have been your teacher, but he's like, motherfucker, and he actually gets her good. He strikes a blow across her face and blinds her. A right, la, so. this is where her fucking Neo vision's going to come in, isn't it? From exactly. From so the now, or, or Kanan, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, Kanan. At this too. point, Ray's out. She's out of the fight. Kylo enters the temple on Mortis. The battle on Coruscant's still going on. R2 gets blown up, but I think we already talked about that shit. Uh, so Kylo, you know, he gets into the temple, he pa passes some ancients, some statues and shit, and he finds this thing that he thinks the thing he's been looking for, he opens it and it's nothing. So he goes on and has one of his, you know, temper tantrums from TFA, mm -hmm. and here comes Force Ghost Luke. You've lost Ben. 
Darth Vader was weak. His love for his family saved them. I wish I could save you. Kylo, I did what I had to do. You are no Skywalker. Ooh. Luke dropping a big diss on Kylo there. Yep. Uh, but because Luke showed up, Ray senses him. And Luke says, you can't defeat us. And this is where Ray takes a piece of cloth and blindfolds herself. Oh, yeah. All right, That's... now we, they're intercutting between battle sequences. Luke's saying the Force surrounds us. It penetrates us. It binds the galaxy together. We are bound by the Force, and we will not be broken. So, and then this is where Luke's ghost vanishes. And Ray starts battling Kylo again. Our masters were wrong. I will not deny my anger, and I will not reject my love. I am the darkness, and I am the light. To Kylo saying, you are nothing. You are no one. And then Ray says... No one is no one. That, that is, is a very, very George Lucas line. <laughs> <laughs> so it's probably real. Okay. Uh, so here's just a side note that I, that I thought's kind of neat. But apparently in this version of The Rise of Skywalker or Duel of the Fates, Hux has become like uh, he's trying to learn the force. So he's collected some lightsabers. And it, w- when it's clear to him that the First Order's toast he commits seppuku <laughs> with a purple lightsaber. Oh, man. Like, I wonder okay. if it was Mace's. That would be great. I know, I know, I know. It's got to so be. So here, here you got back to Kylo, and, and he's countering everything Ray's throwing at him. They're evenly matched. Two sides of the same coin. Flame and shadow I mean, fighting that's to the a, death. Yeah, I mean, that's the. he's trying to mirror the fucking Obi anakin right. fight at the end that's kind of so, what they were trying to show so kylo okay. eventually she shatters his lightsaber and you know essentially cuts his hand off but just his fingers so she's standing over him separates her thing in the dual lightsabers and then the force energy surrounding her kylo's more pissed than ever and this is where he starts extracting the living force out of ray and he starts to get stronger. And he stands. He's rejuvenated. So much so he takes off that metal plate we talked about last week. But Ray is dying. And she's pleading to Ben to stop. And then this is where Leia senses it. And just like what we saw, she reaches out to him and begs him to come home. But now he feels what Vader felt when confronted with Luke's pain and grabs Ray's hand and returns her life force. And he dies. Okay, so essentially the same ending. <laughs> like yeah, he, and he, then he as sacrifices he dies, himself to He says, that. Ray, your last name is Solana. Which means absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, I have no clue what that means. <laughs> Why would you even have that in there? All right, but then here we go. There, there's more. So, you know, Ray again, all fucked up. But then all this light starts to fill up and surrounds her and engulfs her. And then particles of energy are floating around. She rises with it and she's taken to the astral plane. Okay. Where Yoda, Luke, and Obi-Wan appear before her. And she asks, is this death? To which Obi-Wan says, in this place, there is no such thing as death. So essentially Yoda's like, hey man, you succeeded where we all failed. Luke says, you chose to embrace the dark side and the light to find the balance within. So definitely the gray 
gray route yeah, there. Yeah, the gray Jedi. And then she's given a choice to stay in the comfort of the astral plane or to return to the living. Bruh, that's, where she will be, where she will, you know, have to experience love and loss. And this directly and from Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's literally the fucking scene <laughs> in Harry Potter when he's sitting in the train station with dead Dumbledore. And it's almost the same conversation. <laughs> Like, yeah, and then uh, Obi-Wan says, you are a Jedi, Rey Solana, but you will not be the last. Okay. And then uh, to end it, Chewie gets R2 working again. Leia drops in R2's memory bank, a la A New Hope. And he comes to life, and when he does, R2 projects 60 years worth of memories from his point of view. You know, so Luke buying him, Luke getting Anakin's saber, flying through the Death Star, that, <laughs> Which that honestly, moment. I think I would have cried if they showed that. Yeah, like, from R two's point of view, man, showing all those major moments from TPM up through Tross. My God, yeah, that would have been special. That that would have been yeah, that would have been so good. I mean, so insane. I mean, I feel like there's a lot that's in this finale. Oh yeah, I'm that sorry. Is, uh, she ends up on Modesta. Which is a ranch-like planet, just like Modesta. <laughs> and Finn's there, just for fun. And Ray shows up to train a new group of Jedi. There you go. Like, there, there's a lot of similarities between this, this final kind of confrontation and what we got in Tross. Like, the Force Ghosts playing a role. Um, you know, well, I mean, the, remember, the, the they, they gave Trevorrow a credit. Yeah, they did. They gave they gave so Trevor they, they and kept Derek something, Humphrey. man. I mean, I I don't know, man. There's a lot of smoke around this, so no, yeah, like there's I, probably I, some fire to what we did. Plus, he he never came out and refuted it directly like he did when uh, making Star Wars yeah. dropped one. Yeah, no, I I believe that this is a legit version of like early version of the script. Obviously, shit would have had to be completely reworked given the idea right again this leia, is pre this is pre carrie dying as well yeah so like uh, leia is heavily used in this film like if you go through and, and, and she look makes through. it to the end she, she doesn't die yeah she's still a fucking live <laughs> right so, she literally is alive at the end yeah so he would have had to do a lot of reworking i'm sure that his core narrative would have stayed in place but like there's a lot that's that's being used here that's similar like you know the 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 life draining, the the calling on all of the Jedi for assistance, or the the, the Jedi Force goes helping in the final battle. You have the you know the the long lasting legacy of the Jedi still being intact, and you know Ray being the new bastion of the light side of the Force, or the Jedi or protectors of the galaxy moving forward. Obviously, you don't have the gray thing kind of in there. Um, but you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of similarities. Like people, it seems like people think that this is a completely different movie. Like there's obviously there's a lot of differences, but like there's also quite a few similarities here. Um, so, I mean, I think it would have been interesting to see a movie like this. I mean, I think it, I I, like, there's so many people that saying that this movie would have been better than trust, blah, 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 blah. Like you can't say that off of, reading a script like i'm sure if you read a lot of scripts they seem good and then the execution is just it doesn't pan out well on on paper i'll tell you one thing about like it seems like there's a lot of jumping around in this one similar to how it is in tross and 
you would have had a lot of exposition between your two main characters, like between Ray and, and, and Kylo, Kylo specifically, a lot of exposition between him and Valum. Yeah, um, I mean, dude, I, I would have taken this version, but yeah. I would also taken the version where JJ got to use three hours. I would have taken the version where JJ did all fucking three movies. That's the point. In the yeah. end, no matter how much you love TFA, TLJ, or Tross, They're not this what trilogy they is been. fucked, the just only, like the prequels. The, the only movie that you can say inarguably was what it could have been was TFA. Because it was the only one that was made with no context in front or behind it. It was the and only apparently one. he wasn't even allowed to do half the shit he wanted to do in that. Wow. I mean, I that it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. I mean, there's a lot of things that went against this trilogy. Carrie's death, the different directors, losing Colin on nine. Just, you know, there's so many things that went against it. And I think for everything that did go against it, we still got three good movies. Um, and I still think that the force awakens is a, is a magical moment in star Wars history. It is, it is good. But I, I feel like if you watch that now, know where everything ended up, it, it's kind of a, like slowly letting air out of a tire or something like, I haven't watched it since. See, like I haven't watched just it. So, since I mean, Trust you just think about it. There's so much like setup wonder and amazement of where things could go and things went places and you know i I enjoyed both of the follow-ups but i'm i still now and this is the shame i look back on this trilogy is there's a lot of missed opportunity just like the prequels to me i mean the prequels did not pay off on what i thought they would do for me and that was to tell the rise and fall of one anakin skywalker didn't do it for me Notice how I keep saying that because people forget about opinions. In the sequel trilogy, now I could say I don't think it paid off on a lot of shit for me. Uh, the Ray stuff got fucking weird. Like I, I'm not gonna lie, I've seen the movie four times, and whenever they do the Palpatine, like when he first says Ray, you're Palpatine, I'm just like, ah, oh, it doesn't even. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It just like, doesn't even sound good. Like I don't even know if if. If that was JJ's original plan, like from the get go, like I don't know if that's where he planned on going I when he was writing I TFA, did. like, and and that's what's, I mean, it is. It's you know what I mean? You know, that's that's my point. So even now TFA, you're kind of like, you're almost disappointed that some of the themes and threads set up really never paid off. Yeah, ever. It, like one thing that I'm good at is watching individual movies in a silo. Like that's always like, I can watch any any movie and any trilogy and then just kind of block out what happens before and after it and just enjoy that individual film without the greater context behind it and that's kind of what i plan on doing with and and look like i said my feelings on tross have not changed from when we saw when we recorded the initial reaction cast like i still really like that movie yeah the, the Pretty much half the movie's kind of fucked up. <laughs> yeah, like second that, half, it, you're like, all right, I guess this could work. Yeah, like once, like we said in the, in the reaction cast, like once you get past that that frantic 45 minutes, like that movie settles into a really good narrative ending. And again, like I don't give a shit who if you don't like the story that's being told, that's fine. That's not filmmaking. 
Like filmmaking isn't isn't the story that is being told. Filmmaking is the execution of the movie as a whole. So I thought that they did a fantastic job of filmmaking towards the back half of that movie. And I also did enjoy the story beats that were in there. Do I think she should have been a Palpatine? I mean, like it was. It was weird. It came out of nowhere and there's no context behind it. But I like the story that's being told throughout the end of that movie. And there's still like when I hear those voices and I see the end of that movie and that, that final moment with Palpatine being disintegrated and everything like that, like it, it hits me when when the fucking fleet comes in at the end and, and, and comes to save the day, it hits me. Like there's a lot of things in that movie that I like. And I do think that if we got the full three hour and ten, and 10 to 12 minute long cut that JJ wanted to do it initially, you would have had Star Wars excellence. Um, but I mean, that's not the world we live in and neither is this like this script, this half of a script or that we got here from, from Colin, like this isn't, you know, this isn't reality either. I mean, this is, we're living in worlds that could have been, Yeah, I mean, he got, he got bounced for some reason. Yeah. I mean, and, and look, he probably like at this point he had to completely, what I would like to see is his initial treatment, like what he wanted to do before he even know knew what TLJ was. Cause clearly he has tailored this film to be a direct sequel to TLJ. Like we know that this is what this is and there's no way that he could have written this. And we know that he had drafts of scripts before TLJ was even written or released. So I want to see what he wanted to do before TLJ now we see what he planned to do knowing what TLJ was. And probably what the fucking final straw was for him was that like, okay, I rewrote my movie to fit to be a sequel to TLJ. Now I need to rewrite my movie to include one of the, to, or to disinclude, to remove one of the main characters that I used. And I just don't want to do it. Like, I don't like. Yeah, I, I have a feeling it was kind of like, all right, fuck this shit. Yeah, he's like, look, I've already basically had to rewrite a whole movie, and now I'm going to have to rewrite it again, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, it's hard. I remember at the time, too, he also released a bomb in studios, too. So I think, you know. Oh, he did. Disney, there was a Disney Lucasfilms is like or the book of Harry or Harold or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it was a fat zero for, <laughs> like, it was something Yeah, they're real, just like, man. all right, let's, let's get the fucking stink of this dude off of us. We yeah. out. And like, look, oh well, is what it is. But it's definitely not here. So the yeah. trust we got is the trust that is. Dude, I guarantee you, there's gonna be there are people out there right now trying to figure out how they can film. Just take whatever this is, this loose version of a script, and film it themselves. <laughs> like uh, you know, I'm surprised we haven't had the petition yet. I'm sure there's a petition of some sort out there for this, but I mean, it, it the, will release the JJ cut was definitely a movement. I don't think there's going to be too much steam. behind. Yeah. That. I don't know if it's going to continue on years, years down the road, like the Snyder cut still going with B. I mean, literally just this week, I think I saw like, Oh, Snyder just showed us another, BTS photo. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's I feel coming. like he's got it, but I feel like once it also depends on what he has still JJ. That is like 
once he gets distance from it, like, cause it's still way too early for JJ to be doing stuff like that to be like, Hey, here's a shot of the Oracle. Here's a shot. He, he'd of... never do it either. Cause I mean, I, I believe a Snyder's a little salty because of the way his exit was handled. I mean, I think they eventually, they essentially shit canned him as his daughter's daughter was yeah. either killed or dying. Yeah. She was still like that. That was still very fresh and like, yeah, it was it was a weird timing to that, but I don't know, dude. I mean, I I have to like we all have to live in Star Wars reality, and Star Wars reality right now is that seemingly Disney really fucked JJ on his on his final cut for for Tross. Yeah, I'm I'm definitely rolling with that as being legit. Yeah, like I there's no reason for me to believe that's false, and. I mean, even when I watched the first time I watched it, obviously there's a lot going on in a Star Wars super fan's head. But yeah, I'm just sitting here like, this is just arguably not really even good filmmaking here. In like, the beginning, like, the yeah, whole the time, edit is just so fucking goofy. The whole time I'm watching the beginning, I'm like, this is way too fast. Like, like that was what, what I kept saying. I, was I like, just this is way I, too fast. I've never seen a movie of his like that. I'm just like, there's no way. That he, he cut did this on way. purpose. Like, there's no way he did this on purpose. They were either holding his gun to his head, saying, motherfucker, edit on the fly, which his editor pretty much said they did. Or someone took his edit and even edited even more. Yeah. So, I mean, I even had a friend who was like, hey, isn't the JJ, like, aren't they, like, re-releasing at the end of the month? They're going to, like, put out a new version that's the JJ cut? I'm like, there's a 0% chance that's going to happen. Like, did, I don't they, know about you, but around me, dude, theaters are all but closing it out at this point. Ahead of movies that have been out months before the Star Wars. I mean, mine's still, like, I'm going again tomorrow. Like, I'm, Oh, it's I'm, still in theaters. I'm just telling you, like, screenings throughout the day, it, it went from probably having it my amc which i don't even know how many theaters they have anymore it used to be 30 but they're fucking up and they're putting in this dumbass dreamscape thing <laughs> like vr shit and i i know it's gonna be cool once and then no one's gonna go do it again they're literally gonna waste all this money and probably shut down the fucking theater and i'm gonna be screwed yeah um what the fuck was i saying i, was, I got pissed at the AMC. theaters the number of showings yeah dude it's down to maybe four screenings for a whole day. So like my, my frozen AMC, two has more than that. Like right now. I mean, I mean, I have a smaller theater. I have four, I have 14 screen theater that we go to. So 1917's got four screenings per day. Tross has four screenings per day. Oh yeah. So you're tiny. Yeah. Yeah. Jumanji's got four screenings per day. So, I mean like I don't have a huge theater. Um, the one that has the most right now is Bad Boys for Life. Bad Boys for Life's got. Oh yeah, yeah, me, me too. And w- which, by the way, surprisingly good. Knives Out still got four, but I think they're re- they, that's, that's another re-release good. for for the you know, Oscar season. Frozen Two's only got two for me. I guess it depends on how it's doing at individual locations. Yeah, the the reason I know it's it's on its last legs at my AMC is because it's it's off of all special screens now okay yeah see i don't you can't catch you can't catch a prime you can't catch a dolby cinema you can't catch a 3d you can't catch an imax at this point yeah see like my 
mine doesn't have any of the special screens. So, um, yeah, so yeah, I can't. So you're really basically use that saying your theater sucks. It, oh, no, it is. It's not a great theater. But, but do you even have reserved seats or like yeah. leather recliners and so all that shit? Or? We actually go to like Taylor and I flip between two theaters. One of them is a standard ass movie theater, no IMAX screen. They have just like bigger seating theaters. And you got cloth seats and that's it. One, the other one we go to has like the, the reclining seats, leather, yeah. nice. I, I, I can't do anything but that these days. I mean, you try to get me to, to go to an old school theater where, you know, they still have like flip down seats and shit like that. <laughs> it's like, fuck you. You crazy? Yeah. So I'm looking at box office now. So I think last week we talked about it crossing one billion worldwide currently sitting at 1.03 billion oh jesus so it's yeah, made it, it's 30 dead. million dollars over the last i don't know what day it crossed the billion but um i mean what like just let's be real here like china like the china box office for this movie is abysmal 20 million total 20 million dude yeah TFA it's like they turned it on for two days and then turned it off they're like yeah. all right fuck like, it like T- tfa made 100 and 107 million tross made 20 in five weeks like they didn't care it made two hundred sixteen thousand dollars from january 17th to 19th like two hundred sixteen thousand dollars dude essentially nothing like that yeah. movie this movie's box office just took it from china like it it also followed the trend that was happening though oh yeah you had tfa sheer drop the tlj another sheer drop so hey that that's why star wars is going to bed for a few years my friend this is it they 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 realize themselves that you know bob Iger, like fuck we fumbled the living shit out of this and we yeah. still made, you know, $6 billion or whatever. Yeah, it's like you couldn't fuck up a movie release really any harder than what, or, or like a trilogy release any harder than what they did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, they basically managed to set fire to the fandom, divide Star Wars families just like American politics, and now they probably can't even trust that any new Star Wars movie is going to instantly make a billion dollars. Yeah, it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard, dude. Like, I don't, like, I don't think when you come back 2022, you make a bill. Unless, one, you got to have Taika. If Taika is your 2022 open... And he doesn't completely fuck up his career before. Oh, that. dude! For for even with him, for that movie to make a bill, the the word of mouth would have to be undeniably strong. Oh yeah, like the marketing machine has to be on. Because it, it's full not going to be Skywalker tied, so you can't rely on any of that. Even just casual Star Wars fans, you can't rely on them. And this would be the people like you and me. You know, going to see it because we've been foaming at the mouth for it. We see it and then we come back and we just go like, ah, la, 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 blah, 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 when it suck its penis, stuff like that. So. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. I mean, we got, I mean, at this point, I almost want to fucking throw up a, a trot, like a, like a Star Wars 2022 countdown on the, on the SWT <laughs> website and just be like, all right, boys, here we go. I mean, right now we're essentially at fucking 
900 plus days. So, you know. Oh it's, man, that's depressing. <laughs> yeah. All right, dude. Yeah, let's let's quit bumming let's move ourselves into happy out because like, I think we we essentially just managed to convince ourselves that the sequels are as bad as the prequels, and that just that I'm is not, just not true. I'm not I'm not <laughs> ready for that type of shit. But no, that that would never be true. That that is one thing. At least as films, they're they're better overall than the prequels. But I still, still a major fumble. There's did not live up to the potential. Yes, I guess exactly. Is the best way to exactly. All right, but yeah, as Nick said, happier times are on the way. That's because we're getting into our top five Star Wars fan artist features of the week from that good old Algo Whore Instagram. <laughs> Instagram top five of the week. Yeah, speaking of the Algo Whore, you know, I've been tagging people. Yep, yep. It's not my favorite thing to do. It kind of feels a little douchey. Hey. So I, I get a DM from someone today. It's like, hey, can you please stop tagging me? It's an annoying way t- of self-promotion. I was like. Oh, uh, who was it? Call him out. a fucking douchebag. Like, literally, I mean, the, the toy photography community is one of the safest places I know in this world right now. Yeah. In terms of everyone's there to help everyone out. No big deal. You want me to tap on a picture, I'll tap. May not leave a comment every time, but I'll tap. So yeah, this this motherfucking dickwad. Hey man, yeah. So naturally, I unfollowed, blocked, and did the didn't block, but did the the wavy hand like see ya <laughs> type of shit. So is it and somebody like, that we know? Oh yeah, it's someone that has been. I don't know if on the top five, but definitely in the rotation of features. Oh, man. There's no That's doubt about disappointing. It. That's disappointing. Yeah, you I know? mean, if you want to know who it is, their name rhymes with Schmaxion Schmuff, Schmaxion Schmuff, and their real name is Schmuis. <laughs> so those of you, if you're in the community, you can probably put two and two together. But yeah. Uh, there's a turd out there. So that's that's disappointing. Cause look, w- what we aim to do every week with the top. Well, it's five not even. Is, it, this was Haywood pop shit. So I'm, I'm yeah, not even no. like trying to loop in Star Wars time. It, it, I was just you know throwing it out there because, you know, we we all know the story of Haywood pop and how yeah I'm not that great, but at the same time IG just fucking hates my guts. I mean it's it's proven. I can show you the experiments. It doesn't. It just doesn't work. And and tagging people has helped. You know I'm still not quite getting likes that people get for taking a picture of a wall, <laughs> but you know, whatever I, I I'll just get better. Uh, but you know, when, when I get something like that, it's just kind of like, ah, oh, fuck, I am an asshole. Aren't I for fucking tagging people? Uh, so now I'm no. sitting there like, Oh, I'll just fucking stop tagging. Then I was like, no. you know what? Fuck that guy. Like yeah. literally. Fuck that guy. I mean, yeah, look, don't take yourself that seriously. My friend. Look, if, if you guys out there listening, want to tag, at Star Wars Time Show and any of your shots, we encourage you to do that because we always look for ways to bolster the people. Yeah, but in if the you tag us too community. often, we will. You're gonna start you getting DMs that say to quit fucking bothering us. It's like, gosh, man, why would you show me this really cool picture? <laughs> no, I get it. So it's not it. like he's asking <laughs> to be tagged. Like, I mean, we're asking to be tagged, but in the yeah. end. Everyone does it in the community. I, I just thought it was odd. As like, yeah, it's man, just someone fucking pissed in this dude's Cheerios today. Bad, bad etiquette. Bad etiquette. So, getting into the top five IG artists of the week from the Star Wars Time Instagram feed. I mean, like we were saying, and we kind of teased earlier in this in, in in this podcast. This week was a just a fucking phenomenal week. Like I was. I go through. So this is how I kind of curate. I go through the feed. I channel the force. 
and I let it guide my finger to the ones that I should consider for the top five. This is after he's already drank a bottle of Jack Daniels. Yes, I have to prepare myself and very he's heavily. And removed his pants. Yeah, th- this is not done fully clothed in any sense of the word. So I go through the motions, and then this week I literally had probably 15, 20 pictures open, and I was like, holy shit, like, I need to, like, okay, we need to do some serious pruning here. So getting down to this week's top five was difficult because there's so many good shots. And like, even last week on the cast, you know, Matt was alluding to some things that were already up on the feed that were going to be under consideration. And it's just like, (laughs) dude, everything this week was so good and so creative and just fucking just out there and just fantastic stuff. So it's hard to get out of the top five. We have a lot of new top five members this week. We have some returning top five members this week. So let's just jump into it. Number one up here. I mean, we had a lot of trust talk before we got to the top five. And if there is one image that I've seen that, that, that beautifully encompasses the ending of the rise of Skywalker that we have, it's this picture by Cami Lou oh, yeah, on yeah. Instagram. It, it, it's basically it, it, it's basically Disney the Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, like the way that she was able to I mean she is a Cami K A M M I dot L U on Instagram. I mean, the woman is an absolutely wonderful artist. I mean, two twenty eight thousand followers first off, but she does. She has that Disney style Risky. to to her artwork. And what we see here is an is an image of, uh, you know, Ben Ben Solo cradling Ray, dead Ray, in, in his arms. But then behind Ben is all of the Jedi that well, not all of them, but a lot of the Jedi that you heard speaking in that moment to Ray. So you see Anakin, you see Obi Wan in both forms, you see Yoda, you see, um, what you call it, Jesus, Qui Gon Jinn, you see Ahsoka. Who is that last Jedi on the right, top right? Matt, do you know? I, I swear it's Ezra. It kind of does. Like I was like, is it Ezra? Because he's like same skin it's tone. It's either Ezra or, or Kanan. Yeah. So it's because we know Kanan's voice was in there. So I was assuming I was like, it's, it could be Kanan, but we never really seen Kanan look like that. Um. I mean, it's just beautiful. Like, this is a piece of art that I would purchase if Cami Lou is yeah, selling no, this it's, shit. It's fantastic. Um, it's just one of the best renditions of this scene that I've seen done. And we've seen a lot. There's a lot of fantastic. I mean, one six shooter did one. One of the highest likes on our Instagram feed, Boba Feet, had one. Um, well, yeah, well, they were doing it from Ray's standpoint. So this yeah. one is slightly different where or you had the Jedi now essentially accepting Ben back into their ranks. Yeah, I mean, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah. It's beautiful. So, I mean, this one, at Cami Lou on Instagram, K-A-M-M-I dot L-U. Just beautiful, fantastic. It really does. I mean, it makes me want to have a series of Disney animated star wars movies yeah like with that disney style of animation yeah just beautiful beautiful where they they sing and shit you know oh very (laughs) very disney if it was if if they threw in like disney animation and musical numbers my girlfriend would be the biggest star wars fan oh my god (laughs) i I think you know just having my own little girl now i'm 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 becoming a fan of musicals just from watching all this shit over and over and i i totally want a star wars musical 
Yeah, 100%. I mean, if anybody was going to do it, Favreau, because Favreau is a huge fan of that fucking... I feel like he could pull it off because he loves the, the, the holiday special. Oh, I know. And like he, I feel like he would do... If he was going to do a holiday special, he'd do something like that. The force, the force, we must get the force. The mm-hmm. force, the mm-hmm. force. Oh, yeah, dude. It would be great. It. I'm going to write the fucking play tomorrow. There we go. We'll have a Matt's first draft next week on Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, leak, my leaked first draft. Yeah, yeah. All uh, right, so next Dopes up, of the fate. Uh, it would be great. I'm looking forward to it. Um, next up in the top five, we have a returning top five member, and this is Eye of Uatu. And, and first off, Tom, I believe, is, is Mr. Oh, yeah. I mean, he yes. is. Tom might be the nicest human being that He's I've ever. Tom, also in known as the Aaron Rodgers of toy photography. <laughs> Why is that? Tell me. Tell me. Uh, oh, the, try the, to find a picture of him. Does he look exactly like? Oh, Aaron that, like like doppelganger type of, type of shit. Well, then know. he's got a throw, lot going. Throw him in a State Farm commercial. Basically, <laughs> he's he's Aaron Rodgers' stand-in for the State Farm commercials. <laughs> um, but but no, Tom, Tom here, Tom's a Mac Daddy. Yeah. Anyone listening that is in the Instagram toy photography community, I guarantee knows of Eye of Uatu. There, there, there's no doubt about it because he's a guy. That if you get a comment from Tom, you know that, and I've told him this, you know that you've done your job. Uh, it's not like, you know, Tom's the almighty God gatekeeper of all things great toy photography. But he always takes his time to give every artist a very detailed and personal comment, uh, usually expressing his feedback for the image. And it's like, not the bullshit like most of us do, like me, like a thumbs up or fucking high five, you know, yeah, shit like Matt's, that. Or like, Matt's good at the emoji. Comments. Oh, I, I am <laughs> all all about emoji replies or the good old thanks, dude. Thanks, bro. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. No, Tom is like, oh, dude, the way you captured this at that angle with that light, with this coloring, blah, 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 blah. I I just know for me personally, I guarantee everyone else feels the same way. When you get a comment from Tom, it just makes you feel good about yourself. <laughs> oh, dude! I mean, I'm like, all the, right, I, I'm I'm not a fucking complete bozo. <laughs> like the comments that we've gotten from from Tom on the Star Wars Time Show, and you know, when he shares our stuff on on his stories and and the things he has. To, I mean, like. I read them. I was like, Jesus, people think this highly of us. Wow. <laughs> like, yeah, it so does. It, it makes you feel good. That's a perfect example of, of what Tom does for everyone. Like he, he just, he's almost like a therapist uh, for toy photographers. And, and, you know, now kind of pivoting to his shot, he is, he is, his focus is the exact opposite of a therapist and it's Darth Maul. And it's the new, I believe yeah. it's the new Hot Toys yeah, figure. Yeah, it's, it's the one. Yeah, I, I have this guy. It's Tom and I have talked about him just through DMs casually. I mean, it is. It could be my favorite one six scale at this point in time, just because of his his face sculpt, his head, the way his head's built. It's a magnet system. It's not a fucking peg system, and you can actually move his eyes individually. Oh my god! I mean. The way, so, yeah, he's a great figure, but the way Tom gets this dude, and it's a portrait, and just the way he, you know, he either dodged out his eyes to make him brighter or overlaid like some orange on there. I mean, I just, I love the look of the shot, the precision, the colors of it, and it's still, 
gets across Maul's inherent intensity for being evil. Yeah, it's just the menacing visage that you see here is just, it's like intimidating. And like, if you're scrolling through your feed, you come past this, this doesn't even, this is one of those shots that does not look like a toy. Like, it does not look like a figure. Oh, no, not at all. This could be a, a painting yeah uh, concept art a fucking poster you name it yeah i mean it's such a well executed like you said it's a portrait shot i mean i i don't want to ever call something that that you know toy photographers do as simple but like in terms of execution of the of the image like the shot itself it was probably relatively simple but the way that tom brings out like you said, the intensity, the ferocity. oh yeah, no, he is a he is a a Photoshop master, just like a, a graphic artist, if you will. I mean, I'd imagine this was probably shot in his house or apartment next to a box, <laughs> and then he just Mac Daddy this shit. I'm not lying. I, I think wait, I don't I don't know if he still lives there, but he used to shoot on the rooftop of his of his building by like the air conditioners, and that yeah. that was the backdrop for most of his photography yet he turns stuff into this yeah i mean it's it's a fucking magnificent piece of art that he was able to turn out here with this mall shot i mean uh at eye of uatu u-a-t-u on instagram the guy is a genuinely nice fella and he's also i I, I may have like Val dyslexia because every time i see his handle i want to say eye of uatau I say it too, like I, that's kind of what I thought it was at first. You just kind of add that extra A in before the U. But yeah, Uatu, Uatu. I got to get used to saying yeah, it. Apparently, he's, he's a comic be book character because Tom's a big. That's the his... way he explained it. He lo- he likes Nick and I because we had the same passion for Star Wars that he has for Marvel. Yeah, I mean that's his um, his uh, his profile picture on Instagram is is Uatu, the comic book character, I believe. Yeah. But, um, I mean, the guy's a, a killer. Just go follow his feed. There's so many different, you know, not even different subjects, but just different types of... Yeah, of, he's of, he's way know. more diverse than someone like a Haywood Pop. Yeah, I mean, like I'm you pretty look much at Star it. Wars 100%. I throw in some DC and Marvel here and there, but I'm... Yeah, I'm he's got dbz he's got oh, anime yeah, yeah. stuff from like you know yeah. uh my hero academia he's got tom Marvel, is a professional Witcher. geek i mean he he's in the know on anything that geeks get into pretty much it's beautiful i mean like this is a, a super fun feed to scroll down because like you know i see pictures of you know of bakugo and midoriya from fucking my Hero Academia. Yeah, and then at you see this Witcher point, stuff. I don't even know what the fuck Nick is talking about. Like, <laughs> I, I think he might be high on drugs, but that just goes to show you the range of of, yeah. of, of, of Tom's uh, geekiness. I mean, it's beautiful, beautiful. So uh, at Eye of Uatu on Instagram, guy's a killer. Um, next up, I mean, I don't know how else, like, what else to say about this other than like, holy shit, like, so this is a this is a poster concept for for a follow-up game to Jedi Fallen Order um, from Fire Scorpio. Yeah, I I like this, Nick, because this is a, I believe this was a first-time find and feature for me, and he he or she, this artist, makes the top five on their inaugural feature. Yes, on their first time hitting the feed, and 
this is a well-deserved top five because it, the concepting, the 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 thought required to build this, and then the execution is just second to none. I mean, this guy basically builds a perfect Star Wars poster off of a yeah, concept what, that he made up. Fire for, Scorpio photo, right? Yep, Fire Scorpio underscore photo on Instagram. And what we see is the the primary focus of this of this poster. So if you picture a lot of Star Wars posters, you have one primary focus as like your background figure, and this one is a a dark side Cal Kestis, and it looks really fucking cool because he has Knight Brother like face paint. And then your your other focuses on here is you have a Purge Trooper in the front, you have a Knight Brother off to the off to the left, and then you have like the 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 robotic bounty hunters that that come and hunt you down throughout the game yeah i never right. quite understood that by the way in the game because the game from, let's be real this game's fucking wonky as shit whether we want to sit there and excuse all of its issues or not oh but. yeah the game is wonky the the bounty hunters come from Grease because they're like after him i know but maybe that's one of the glitches where it just cut off a cutscene because i never really understood that he was in trouble with bounty hunters until i just ended up in the fucking yeah, it was Pit not <laughs> it was not well explained. In the first time, like I don't know the first time that you encountered one, but the first time I encountered one, I was on Bagano and I walked into a, a room that I had been in fifteen times. Like I had been there a ton. Oh yeah, yeah. Then they just insta res out of nowhere. Yeah, it's like what the fuck is going on? Like I start getting shot by this big ass yellow thing. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? And speaking of this game and all its wonkiness, the intern fired it up for the first time. I think within an hour, maybe three hours, he quit. I could see that happening. Ryan seems like somebody who gets frustrated with things very oh, easily. Dude, there's plenty <laughs> of holes in his house <laughs> from punching shit. But first off, he played on a harder difficulty and didn't listen oh, to me. I was like, dude, man. I know you. You're like me. This is not going to be fun for you. So I believe, you know, when you play on higher difficulties, if you die, you're essentially restart, right? Oh, mm. I don't. For. for for Jedi, I think he was on like Jedi Master or something. Oh like man, that's a that's a task. I played on Jedi Knight, and you don't start all the way over. Like it would kick you back pretty far depending on where you died. But usually, like if you died in a boss fight, it would allow you to restart the boss fight right from the beginning of the fight. Like if you died at one percent, and the boss was almost dead. Yeah, so either way, he thing. fucking had to redo a lot, so that drove him nuts. And then he started to hit those on-rails platforming segments that are the worst. Oh. And that, that, that did him in. He's like, bro, you might as well just tell me what the fuck happens because I don't think I'm going to finish this shit. Just tell him to go back to Padawan or story mode. Cause like, I kept telling I was like, dude, just go to story mode. You're not going to avoid the, the on-rails bullshit. That just is what it is. You're probably going to die 20 or 30 times per jump because none of it makes sense. There is no, there's really like no physics in this game at all that oh, ever dude. makes sense during those segments. So just good luck. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, I mean <laughs> story mode is like, fuck it. Why, why drive yourself nuts? Either way, this poster's fucking titties. Yeah, th the game's wonky. But Rise of the, the, the name that, that Fire Scorpio photo gave this, this, this follow up, this concept follow up is Rise of the Sith, which I thought was really interesting and cool. So, um, it's fucking cool. What can I say? At Fire Scorpio Photo 
on on Instagram. Uh, and that's you. why we're not professional art critics. Yeah, I know. It's that, that'd be that'd be next. <laughs> that'd be your quote on this poster at the at the gallery. Well, you know, because it's it's fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, I think that that sums up about any positive feedback that you yeah. can give something. So it's fucking cool. Yeah, don't question us. It's just fucking yeah. cool. Fire Scorpio underscore photo on Instagram. First time top fiver. First time feature. Well done. Woohoo! 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 Next up is is a tried and true member of the top five crew, and this is Papa Palpatine Photography here. Oh, and yeah. this is this is Papa's like what we have here is like a bread and butter Papa image. It is. Yeah, a mashup vintage, vintage palpatine here yeah it's a mashup of star wars and alien i've called it out before when we were talking through our top 10 uh artists of 2019 papa was on there and we go right back to the alien star wars mashup and papa has boba fett in all of his glory <laughs> blasting I just fucking love this pose it's, it's so good dude just fucking blasting the brains out of a xenomorph <laughs> And like you meant, the the fucking pose that he's got Boba in is so cool. Like, it's I mean, almost like I I I'm gonna try and envision what Triple P was thinking here, but it's almost like they're running at each other, and he snapped this mid run, and Boba literally just had his rifle out and on an extension, just goes plah, plah, and fucking blows the Zeno right through his face. Yeah, yeah. I like, mean, I right could up through see. his face, out his head. Like, as they're running at each other, it's almost like if this shot continued, Boba would run right past him, stop, and do, like, a real slow turn just to, you know, be like, I fucking got you, Yeah, and then the fucking Xenomorph just falls down. It'd be, it'd be like, a, a you know, the, fuck, was that, was it Ninja Gaiden or Gaiden or Shinobi where the beginning is like, they're two dudes running at each other and they're like, choo, choo, they jump and that's what this is to me. Yeah. It made no sense, but that's how it plays out in my head. The way that I could see it is like, cause it looks like the Xenomorphs kind of jumping. So like same setup, they're running at each other. Boba sees the Xenomorph go to jump. So he slides. And it's like that moment where you're over, like one person's oh, yeah. over He's the like other. Side stepping. Boom. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, it, again, Papa is a master of these mashups. Hey, you know styles. what? I, I mean, I'm never going to question the artist, but Papa led with a non-effect shot, and then this was on one of the swipes, and I took this one because I just, oh really? I okay. really love the effect of the you know the acid blood the shooting acid out blood. and the, the beam going through there. Oh yeah, I, I I see it now. I'm on his feed, and and you're right. He like I don't like. This this particular image just fucking blew it out the water for Papa over eleven thousand likes. But you're right, it is the first one is just very minimal special effects, just kind of the muzzle flash from the gun, and then yeah, on the swipe is where you <sighs> yeah, get the I, Star Wars. I, I go time for image. the I go for the gore, man. The, the oh, fucking yeah. brains and shit coming out, fantastic. Do you think the xenomorph blood would have melted Boba's helmet? That's some, this oh, is boy, some that's getting into some of those fucking nerd debates here, I, I know, guess. Right? I mean, how strong is Beskar if he has real Beskar Mando plating? I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, we've seen it take shots from lasers, but we've never seen, like, any sort of acid on it. I don't know, it, dude. Because it is, but it is earth-based acid, right? They explain it. It's just straight up, like, hydrochloric acid, right? Something, because, like, an AVP, basically what they showed was, like, when he when when the predator made that shield for, her, 
like it didn't penetrate the alien skull, but it would penetrate anything else on Earth. Yeah, isn't that right? Kind of right. No, you're right. It did. It it blocked mm. alien. Yeah, alien skull. It could not eat through. Yeah, I don't know. I think I, I'm, I'm even talking like the original alien movies. I think they describe it as hydrochloric, hydrochloric acid. acid. Okay. All right, pop. So yeah. Away. Why? Why the fuck not? I mean, it, it, we had Mando taking blaster sniper bolts with nothing yeah not even fucking dense really so papa i'm I'm posing this to you as the as the professional here do you think xenomorph blood would melt beskar armor or yes anyone or that's listening just yeah. let us know why not these are always Ch- fun little dms to get through the week yeah chime in on ig with your opinions here Thank you very Either way, much. I still don't think the splash is hitting Bo because, like we both said, I believe they he's are moving. in motion. Yeah, he's he'd, moving he'd be, past them. He'd be going past. Yeah. It's a fun thought experiment. So, <laughs> at Papa Palpatine <laughs> Photography, Papa underscore Palpatine This is what fucking Star Wars dorks do. Like, real fucking geeks here. Yeah. They're like, hey, man, <laughs> fucking alien blood, Beskar armor, dude. Dude, it's, that's, there's, all, there's been so many of the, would a lightsaber cut through this on... <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I mean we we've now reached the are these guys stoned segment of the Star Wars Time Show because these are Not like stoner <laughs> conversations where oh, like yeah. yeah man, do you think alien blood would totally eat through fucking Beskar armor man? If this was still a fr- like an old school Friday cast, Matt would still be thinking about it and like really oh yeah waxing. You, you probably I mean we probably wouldn't even made it this far. <laughs> Oh man, I would have been like, like, passed out by now. But yes, Papa Palpatine photography always a good follow on IG, um, and always a good top five entrant as well. So make sure to follow. Um, last up is a is a brand new top five entry as well, and in, in, in a relatively small account at Kenobi One T O. So it's weird the way it's spelled, but it's it's, it's Basically, Kenobi two or Kenobi yeah. toe, Kenobi, Kenobi toe, except the I is a one, so K E N O B one T O. Um, oh, Ken Obi one toe, something like that. Kenobi one toe, Kenobi one two, Kenobi or, one two, or his name's Ken Obi one two. <laughs> <laughs> Kenobi, when you when you hear this, let us know how to say your name. Anyway. Um, at Kenobi here has put together a really fucking cool shot of of Grievous here, Bandai Grievous. The way is is the oh yeah no this guy's that. new. I I, remember, I just found him like a, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, and and I mean this shot in particular is is one of the best Grievous shots that I've he, seen. He, and it dude, does yeah, th- this is a guy that's clearly caught my eye because I, I believe I've already featured him at least three or four times and yeah good the ig algo likes him he's he's already getting 600 likes for yeah 291 follow yeah yeah that, i mean like good. his his like to i mean hopefully we get some followers he doesn't have up. the haywood pop herpes that's for sure <laughs> i mean it's a new a brand new account only 13 posts so he's got he's like settled into his basically his his muse his ig muse which is he he is you know, toy toy photography, particularly it seems like one twelve scale photography that he does six inch. So hopefully, the the algo doesn't throw him some bad luck. But I mean, with shots like this, I don't see it happening because this is a really cool grievous shot. Yeah, man. Yeah, uh, with Anakin. And Anakin. Yeah. yeah, I mean, 
a pile of fucking, you know, not only not just Everything. clone troopers, it's just <laughs> like dead fucking B1 battle droids, dead clone troopers, everything in between these two. And there looks like there's going to be a fucking badass showdown going on between Grievous wielding a lightsaber. It's not ignited. But then, you know, in the foreground, you don't even get the full view of Anakin's body. I, li- I actually like how he did that kind of cry- have Anakin kind of like half in frame with the Skywalker family blade ignited out to oh, the yeah, side. Yeah. There's some good force perspective stuff going on here where, you know, you, the main focus is on Grievous, but as Nick said, you got this awesome, you know, quarter frame of, of Anakin kind of stepping into the picture and you just know what's about to happen. And that that's really the, the essence of the shot is like, all right, we're about to get, get down the business between these two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's a fantastic shot. Yeah, I just, I love, I mean, the fucking tone, everything here. I believe that's the Bandai Grievous. So that's a model. That's not the the Black Series. Yes, yeah. He calls it out. The the Bandai Grievous looks amazing in his uh, original captions. Which is a fun model to build. And I'm not one that really loves doing models because they can rather piss me off. But this is a. A high-quality model to build that really doesn't re- require fucking glue or anything stupid. You can just snap in place. And this background, I mean, like, this is a pretty cool background that he photoshopped in there, got in there somehow. Cause yeah, I don't, I don't know what how much of this is digital, but there's some really nice light leaks in here. You got some particles. I'm assuming that's all after the fact. But yeah. either way... Uh, Kenobi 1-2. I'm just going to go with your that. your career with great interest. <laughs> Well, well played, sir. Well played. Just a little bit of sheep there in Matt, as you would expect from the Sith yeah, of, of the course. duo. <laughs> that's me. That's how I roll. So that's it, right, buddy? We got that's them it. all. We got some fresh ones in there. I like to see that. As I said, we are getting more and more tags throughout the week, which is probably because more and more people are starting to realize the awesomeness that is the Star Wars Time Show and its bros. Look, we can even rhyme, right? Our, our skill set is endless. But it's about that time to say goodbye, so let's do that dance, and that dance is all of your happy asses going over to StarWarsTime.net. Why, you may say? Well, you know, we got to keep the lights on here. We need people to look at our content that isn't just our two gas bags sitting here going, blah, blah, Star Wars, blah, blah, Star Wars. We love Star Wars. We do other stuff, too. We do videos, break down any, you know, Star Wars cartoon, live-action series that's currently running. You can find all that stuff at StarWarsTime.net. And if you are a new subscriber, maybe your name got called, Nick the God picked you for the top five, so you decided to tune in, well... Hopefully you liked what you heard and you feel like sticking around. So StarWarsTime.net, hit the subscribe to podcast. We've got almost every freaking platform under the sun for you to subscribe to, as well as our YouTube channel, right? Because why not? There's always time for Star Wars time. And remember, if you listen to the Star Wars time show, the Force will be with you. Oh. Oh.